Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 209 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. You know, we always say the summer is a slow time, but this week was anything but. We got exciting stuff to cover, some controversies, some mistranslations even. It, it has been an eventful one. So... Before we get into the news, as always, we like to, you know, pimp our stuff a little bit. Let you guys know what's happening in our lives, what's happening on our channels. As always, if you'd like to support this show, keep the lights on, then you can head over to patreon.com slash Plays, flick a buck. I don't have the uh, the jingle prepared today, <laughs> but you can flick a buck, and if you do so, you can get patron access to, or uh, sorry, patron post access, discord access, early access to this very show. Um, within the next month or so, I should have the thing I've been, like, working on for fucking ever <laughs> finally ready to go. Uh, and that's the sound of a demonetization, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, yeah, that's pretty much what we have going on there. Patreon-exclusive videos, um, standard stuff. Carrick, anything happening on your end? Um, <clears throat> a couple small reviews, and then we're doing a Stranger Things, uh, like, podcast, because it overlaps so much with role-playing games and video games and there's so much like 1980s 1990s references in it um so we're doing that i'm really excited for that actually it'll be something fun and different and then let's see there was something coming up in the next couple days and i can't remember what the hell it was <clears throat> it was coverage i was gonna do for something there's that literally... act razor spiritual successor there's that new game nintendo announced blaze something it's like a dodgeball side scroller it looks Awesome. It's got, like, the soundtrack that's, like, straight ripped out of Jet Set Radio. It looks so cool. Anything like yeah, that? Yeah, no. I, it's, no. Uh, I don't, this is so weird because you were just saying or prior to the podcast you forgot something. Now yeah. I've forgotten. <laughs> I've passed the bug. It was, <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, no. I mean, I can't, I, I literally can't remember. Um, I can't remember. That's so sad. Let's hope both of our memories come back by the end no of the show. No shit. I, what happened? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, going to see Spider-Man. I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah. And excited yeah. to do that tonight. Same this weekend as well. Um, overall, when it comes to me, future projects video-wise, really been trying to hone down this, or uh, rather bolt down the stream front, because um, I was doing about normally three to four streams a week, and for the past two weeks... Um, I had done only like two a week, which isn't too bad. I made sure to get it in there where I could. But now that things are settling down, I'm trying to stream a little bit more. Uh, we just finished our Fallout 4 Road to Platinum, so we got that. Pretty pumped. Uh, and now we're picking our next Road to Platinum series, and I'm leading towards Bioshock Infinite. So oh, cool. that'll be fun, yeah, because I already have the original Bioshock Platinums. Cause I, I enjoyed that game. Time. I love Infinite. I love it, man. I'm curious to see how much I love it now, though, because I'm rereading The Fountainhead. 
I love Bioshock 1. I've, I've played it way more in Bioshock Infinite, but in my heart, I like Bioshock Infinite more, and I think it's because of, like, the big twists. I love yeah. the introduction. It's one of the best intros to a video game ever, in my opinion, like, next to Fallout 3. There's just something special about that game. So uh, I'd love to get the Platinum Trophy for that. So that's what we're leaning towards currently um, and other video projects. It's just a fight every day, man. Like, we, we just got to find news every day. It's not as easy during this time of the year, but uh, this week it wasn't that hard. So, uh, Carrick, any projects on your end, or shall we get into the news? No, I'm still trying to remember the one. It is funny you mentioned trying to, like, the fight because, dude, I've been demonetized to fucking the ends of the earth. So we yeah. actually pulled... We pulled our international podcast. Um, <clears throat> I don't even post it to YouTube because they were claiming every single video I was putting up, and I started to get really nervous that if you get so many claims, mm-hmm. not the c- copyright strikes, but the claims, mm-hmm. I was so nervous that I was getting so many, and that was a guaranteed one, once a week. Absolutely guaranteed. I was going to get demonetized due to that. Um, I got nervous, and I just decided, I'm like, dude, I'm putting them on audio. I'm putting them on, they're on Twitch, you know, right. already. So I'm like, I'm just leaving them there because that's how nervous the consistent demonetizations are um, on YouTube. So, no, that's that's the only thing that popped up in my mind when you were talking about the consistent fight is it's it is quite it is leveled up. I thought it was bad two years ago, but it is leveled up. Yeah, usually I kind of fly under the radar, but like the podcast got hit. Uh, I remember George Zero Period Productions like, hey, does anyone else like not get hit as often? And I'm like, yeah, I'm usually relatively okay. There are like spurts where it gets really bad. But overall, it was okay. And then like as I said that, I was uploading a video for that day. And I had it scheduled um, for, I think it was Wednesday. And I got demonetized for that. I was like, I just went back and replied to the tweet. I said, never yeah, mind, I just weird? got hit. Uh, it was so weird. weird. It's so, so weird. Um, I don't even bother with their claim system. I just re-upload it now. And um, when I did oh, that, actually, I, it, it just I changed the title slightly. It was like it was the State of Creation Club video. It was like supposed to just say the State of Creation Club in 2019. All I did was add the dash two years later because I was like, it's something. You know, it doesn't look bad for the video title, but it also is something different. And maybe YouTube will register as different, and it did, I guess, because it never got demonetized. Really fucking weird. Really weird. So in absolutely impossible you need ai just to figure out what they're doing mm-hmm. like we need that we need to hire a programmer to write us ai to figure out what their ai mm-hmm. is is doing behind the scenes insane well here we go carrick into the news we go we're going to start off with cd project red pretty much every source except for those who head into the timestamps have already seen it our alan wake story all comes from game informer so head over to their site give them a click so Earlier, it was reported that they were working on multiple cyberpunk games. One was like a multiplayer mode that was going to be a standalone thing, similar to, I imagine, Gwent. Um, But it seems like CD Projekt Red is actually not working on multiple games. And so let's get into this article. Despite an earlier translation indicating CD Projekt Red was working on multiple cyberpunk games, that is not the case. The statement behind the confusion was mistranslated. What they really have going on is three teams working on a game rather than sequels or spin-offs. We currently have a total of five teams working on a number of projects with three focusing on the development of Cyberpunk 2077, a CD PR rep said in a statement to PC Gamer. These include CD Projekt Red Warsaw and Krakow, sorry if I mispronounce anything here, who are handling the main game, as well as the Roclaw Studio, where around 40 industry specialists are engaged in technology research and development. While the three teams work on Cyberpunk, the other two out of the five are working on Gwent and an unannounced mobile title. 
And then it just mentions that Cyberpunk is still nearly a year out with a release date of April 16th, 2020. So it makes sense that they'd stick to one title at the moment. And I agree. When I saw this, like I I mentioned in videos because there were reports coming out. But internally, I was like, that's like they're they're a big studio. But I didn't know how expensive they were to handle working on three games, multiple Cyberpunk games. So how do you feel knowing now that we have three teams, two two of them really focusing in? on cyberpunk does it explain why this game looks uh, at least from my perspective I'm, I'm not sure if you're as over the moon about it but uh does it explain to you a little bit of how phenomenal it looks yeah no i'd say it looks phenomenal i just the only thing i argued with was i saw people saying it was absolutely impossible to be on current hardware that was uh, the biggest yeah. line of fucking yeah. bullshit i've ever read in my life mm-hmm. um but because uh, you can always adjust shit, and, you know, figure out what negatives you want to accept to get something on a system. Well, so far, it seems but, like a lot of the spaces in that game are more enclosed where it doesn't have to load. Yeah, really. you don't have the draw distance mm-hmm. that you're accustomed to, like in a GTA five or something, which could change. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, overall, it makes sense. I didn't believe the three three game thing because that just that didn't make sense when it was like, oh, they're they're working on three different titles. I was like, uh, unless they're really small. Unless they're really small, mm-hmm. they probably aren't. So, no, it, it looks exactly like, I would say, a huge budget company that just made The Witcher, or not just, but made The Witcher and saw that much success would make a game look like. I mean, to me, yeah, everything sort of fits. that's what you'd expect, right? And that's <clears> why, <throat> yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't want to lop in Bethesda here too much, um, but that's why a lot of people with, like, Fallout 4, they're like, you found this crazy success, and, like, afterwards you dropped, like, a... Argue, not arguably, but a worse game. It doesn't make sense when you get all that money acquired from all these studios. It's a strange situation with them because you're like, how much of that budget ended up being deviated to like Prey, which was great, or Dishonored 2, yeah, which was other great. games. But all in all, it was strange that BGS's next game didn't turn out as hot, where that's what the general expectation is. Now, I had the original article up about the, um, the more CD Projekt Red projects that were being worked on. Um, and it says the news comes from Polish news outlets Bankier, which wrote a story about how Cyberpunk 2077 pre-orders are above what The Witcher 3 hit prior to its release, which is awesome. Uh, within the story, CD Projekt Red president Adam Kaczynski mentioned that they currently have three teams working on Cyberpunk 2077 projects. One is the actual Cyberpunk 2077 game we have all seen. The second is a multiplayer standalone spinoff based on Cyberpunk 2077. They didn't hint at what it might be, but Battle Royale seems to be a fair bet the third project is their next big game which one could uh which one would guess is a sequel to cyberpunk 2077 it's not necessarily that however as cd project red has also said they consider gwent and its single player campaign to be a large-scale project as well uh just a little weekly reminder do play Thronebreaker: the witcher tales great game um <laughs> but yeah so that was the original report that there was a multiplayer standalone another big game and I had also, what's weird is all these conflict with seemingly the report that there were going to be two games out by 2021 from CD Projekt Red, which maybe leans more into what we heard about the mobile game. Because it does confirm three teams are working on Cyberpunk, two out of the five are working on Gwent and an unannounced mobile title. Yeah, I mean, it. the thing I, I don't think a lot of people want to admit is that a mobile title or something like that could certainly pay off. Like yeah, that could I mean, pay they, off. For they've never really done it, and I don't think Gwen's right. available on mobile. If I'm remembering correctly, where 
Um, they I've never seen diff- anything about Gwent on my Android, if that's what you mean. Like, yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because that could be a good foray for them. Um, I just get nervous. Oh, yeah, and it's cause... just a place that makes them some money on the side. Sorry, you were saying you get nervous from what? No, I just think of, like, Fallout Shelter came out, holy shit, it's amazing, and then I think of, like, afterwards what happened with Blades and how it was, like, your pinnacle bad free-to-play model on a mobile device, and it's like, you just don't want to see another company make the same wrongs that another already did. Yeah, like, repeating history again, but, sorry, I... You had cut me off while I had cut you off, so what were you saying? No, I was just saying I hadn't seen it on Android at all, and... I could honestly see it doing fairly well on on mobile, Gwent, for sure. Uh, it, I think the only thing that would really matter is that I, I think a lot of the fans of Cy- or a lot of the fans of Cyberpunk are Witcher fans. You know, like they see this new game and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. let's jump on it." Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think. Um, well, I guess Gwent is different. Or Gwent is different enough. I'm just trying to figure out if, like, dude, when. When they announced, uh, what was the game for, what was the mobile Fallout? Um, Fallout Shelter. Uh, yeah, when they showed Fallout Shelter and, like, it's available now, I think that hit in multiple ways because there was, like, a huge number of Fallout fans, all that kind of stuff. I think Gwent is fairly, is is very popular, but I don't know if it's also as different or, like, I don't know how it would grab as many, like, fans in the mm-hmm. same way that, I mean, because, dude, Shelter was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was at E3. In, in, unless those guys next E3 announce it, but then you'd have Cyberpunk right there too. So it'd be a weird man. Cyberpunk would already be out, so it just be Cyberpunk like, hey, would already be out. Game. I guess they could. I guess they could, but it doesn't seem like it would be as grabby to me. Hmm. I don't know. I you got Gwent more than I did, so I'll also say that. I you, you didn't dig didn't, Gwent that much. Not a lot, no, and not nearly as much as a lot of people. In fact, I go for those kind of games. I would rather play Gwent in Witcher than Gwent out of Witcher. I've always been that kind of person. So mini game Oh, absolutely. Fishing. That's what I meant. Minigame fishing games, I mm. love the idea of. But I would not want to play a fishing game by itself, usually. Right. Same thing with card games. But for whatever reason, in Witcher 3, Gwent did not capture me. So I don't know if that's a thing with Gwent. Or You're not alone, with... though. Gwent did not... Yeah, like... I do know that. Yeah, Gwent did not light the world on fire when they did standalone. I think... CD Projekt Red failed to identify that people were hyped about this thing because it was in already such a dense RPG. That yeah, it's this, one more cool yeah, thing. Exactly. You know? And yeah. it, it was like a reminder of like cool secrets can be found in games and cool mini games exactly. exist. Um, outside of obviously titles that we know nowadays like Yakuza, which are known for their mini games. But uh, I think that's what happened. They failed to identify it. They said, hey, we can cash in on this. We can make a whole card game off of it. It's different from Hearthstone. It's completely different. Plays differently. And it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Even if you play Thronebreaker, which is like the single-player story with Gwent gameplay mechanics, it's really good. But, yeah, I think they just didn't didn't get the market right on that one, and um, they're just trying to make it work. They're, they released recently a whole new expansion for it. I think it was free, including new cards. I think their other mistake was keeping this, this mobile, or not mobile, sorry, but this card game off of mobile for so long. Because yeah. I, I think that could have benefited a lot as well. They kept it to PC. Um, I think it's on consoles now. I believe I know for a fact it's on Xbox. I'm not sure about PlayStation. I think it's there too. But and what if Gwent was more of a mini game on the PC or on the Android or whatever? But then you did get the consoles, and it was the developed game we have now or something. Yeah, It'd be a cool, cool mm-hmm. jump. 
I agree. Yeah, it could it could be something along those lines. I just think that it was a misstep for them, quite honestly. But uh, that does not I, yeah, mean the future is bleak for them by any stretch. I was gonna say I do agree for sure. For sure, sorry that the mini game inside of a major game there is some magic there. It's like there dude, is something I mean, we love Kotor, so like Pazak. Yeah. Like, oh, this exactly. Is here. And it's but if you said Pazak, matter of fact, by the way, there was a Pazak uh, executable you could get from a demo site. I forgot. Really? It was a guy who. Yeah. All it was was a guy programmed Pazak all by itself. Wow. And it was cool for about four minutes. But the idea of playing a character who then plays Pazak, who at any moment can stand up and walk away, that's the magic that mm-hmm. a standalone does not click. Even Final Fantasy fishing. Dude, there's something about fishing and Final You're like, yeah, I can fucking you can go and go fight like, a dinosaur. Bombs and, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. It's so dumb because... Dude, half the time the controls are worse. Far Cry uh, 5 had fishing. Red Dead had fishing and hunting. They were pretty good in both of them, but nowhere near as good as a game that could just be that would be. But it didn't matter. Because it was like, I can be Arthur Morgan. I can fucking shoot a bison and then jump on my horse and go fucking rough up some outlaws. And it felt, it just feels better. Yeah, It just feels better. I agree completely. Yeah, there, there's something you you hit the nail on the head. There's just something better about being able to enter and exit an activity and then go do something mm-hmm. else. It's like you're living poker a, a second in life. Red Dead. Dude. Yeah, poker and Red Dead. I don't. I play poker a little bit. That game. I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you hear your character say dumb little things, and you're like, yeah. It's, oh, that reminds it's me of Fallout New Vegas when you're on the strip and they got all those mini games you can get into yep. caravan, blackjack, have what have you. Yep. It, it, it's just awesome. It, it's like yeah. a whole second life in there. It's great. Yeah, if it, 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 there's a there's a magic feeling. I would, a matter of fact, I should probably do a video on. That. There's <laughs> certainly, there's certainly something there to discuss as being different than a game that's based just on it. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, CD Projekt Red not working on multiple cyberpunk games, but they do have multiple projects in development. Seemingly, none of them are big, but I imagine you know it'd be foolish to assume that there just isn't a Witcher in pre-production. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. All right. Next one is a controversy that hits close to home for me. You know, during the childhood days. We're talking about Shenmue 3. Uh, So let's read the article once again from Game Informer. Last month, YSNet, by the way, that's how it's apparently pronounced. I thought it was EastNet because there is that game series called East. But um, it is YSNet, maybe for you, Suzuki. Uh, And Deep Silver made the surprising revelation that Shenmue 3 on PC would be exclusive to the Epic Games Store for a single year. This in of itself is not anything extraordinary, but the prominence of the game combined with the fact that it was kickstarted with promised Steam codes worked in concert to generate massive anger from fans of the game and people who were decidedly not fans of the Epic Games Store. YSNet, the developers of the game, were caught off guard by this backlash. I have no idea how you're caught off guard. uh, And promised to look into the decision, which they did. Now, uh, I thought the reason I, I picked Game Informer, especially for this article, is because I think they did a, a great job highlighting the perspectives, which you often don't see. It's usually just like, here's the information, but they provide a good perspective here. Uh, this put YSNet in a precarious position. Epic paying for exclusivity likely paid for the game's delay and final polishing phase, which they seemingly needed for the title, but giving refunds to PC backers would rip off the entire financial band-aid they just put on. Their solution was to ask backers who preferred not to use Epic Game Store version whether they whether because of feature convenience or ethical prince, uh, ethical principle, sorry, uh, to switch to PlayStation 4 instead. That did not go over well. The other solution was to ask people who wanted Steam keys to wait a year. 
I also did not go over well. Today, YSNet announced that they would instead be issuing refunds to those uh, for whom not having a Steam code is a deal breaker. Epic boss Tim Sweeney explained that in these instances where a crowdfunded game has to give out refunds because of Epic Game Store exclusivity, Epic will pay it out themselves. Additionally, they are going to start working with publishers to figure out how to best handle these situations where Steam codes are promised in the future so those backers can get those codes. Uh, Tim Sweeney wrote on Twitter, Epic is funding the cost of all Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3's move to the Epic Game Store so that refunds won't reduce YSNet's development funding. This isn't the solution that people who wanted to play Shenmue 3... This isn't the solution that people who wanted to play Shenmue 3 but not an Epic Game Store wanted. Uh, but by, by and large, the response to this plan seems largely withered acceptance varying to positivity depending on who you ask. Um... So yeah, pretty much Epic Game Store foot in the bill. We're not going to see YSNet presumably go under because they're helping them out there. But it's still a game on the Epic Game Store. And I think what ultimately fans were looking for was this to just go back to Steam somehow. Which right. I, I, I always like to pass it to you right away, but I got to toss in there. Um, Shenmue 3 is one of the most niche games of all times. Like, oh my god. It, it is not going to fly off the shelves. It's launching now in November uh, mm-hmm. in a very after a very busy time. And it might have the same situation we had with Darksiders 3. You and I were saying from like day one, oh, that's not a good time to release that game. That might not do well. And it ended up doing just fine. It sold as much as um, they could have hoped. Um, and by that, I don't mean like an insane success, but I mean it sold enough. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't see that same surprise happening for Shenmue 3 because of how slow it is, how methodical it is. Um, it's a third entry. It, it very much leans on the previous two. Um, now you have this whole controversy blowing up, which anyone who never heard of Shenmue 3 has now heard of it in the worst way possible. Um, and so I totally understand, and I say this with a lot of games. I said it with Metro Exodus, that when you partner with Epic as a gamer... I don't have to like it, but I do understand it because there are certain games that don't have that guaranteed success. And when you partner with Epic, you have those guaranteed funds to keep people's jobs, to, to keep you know the lights on. That type of stuff yeah. becomes less of a worry, and you can just focus on supporting your game after launch and working on the next thing. But on the other hand, obviously, in the case especially of a Kickstarter game where fans have funded that project, I thought it was really stupid to just get in bed with Epic and then say you were caught off guard. Now, I understand their initial response, which was like, hey, do you want to play on the console instead? I understand why people would get pissed off, but I think that was a smart first step before you know they did something drastic like ripping off a deal or going to Epic. I think they did their options well. But uh, suggesting to wait a year was, was super dumb. So, uh, was just my initial thoughts out there. Carrick, let's pass it to you. What do you think about the the whole Shenmue 3 controversy? Uh, I mean, when Shenmue 3 was announced, th- this all started wrong. Because when Shenmue 3 was announced, Sony was like, we're not fucking doing nothing with it. And then the very next day, they got caught lying. They were like, okay, admittedly, we are funding some of it. And then this happened, but this also happened after, uh, or prior to Epic saying that they were going to even release a store. I don't think the Epic store was even out when these guys... I don't even think the Epic store was even talked about when these guys first showed Shenmue. Yeah, it was like 2013 or 14, right? Yeah, so when they're in the middle of showing it, and then someday, you know, Tim Sweeney shows up, and he's like, hey, you guys want to move it on there? The, I don't, we we were shocked. Uh, That depends on who it was. 
I would say most of us wouldn't be shocked. Anybody in their PR department wouldn't be shocked. What they could have meant is they could have meant they talked to Yu Suzuki, and he could have been shocked. Because I do believe that we do get the thing where a person is really in-depth in a game and they think everybody wants it. Mm-hmm. Like, they think everybody is as excited as they are. Mm-hmm. And they'll do anything, remembering that this was a company, back in the day, Sega could sell an entire console on their three games, Virtual Racing, Virtual Fighting, and uh, what was the other one? Sonic. Mm-hmm. They always had, they just had fans. Fans would be like, we'll line up in droves, we don't care what the fuck's going on. It, well, fans are different now. They're nothing like that. And yeah. he, his, this is his first massive game. So... It could have been a surprise. When, I don't like see how it was. It's been a long time yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. And Shenmue, right? When you announce Shenmue, you're expecting the world to explode because he's around yes men. You and I know it's niche. I love it, and I know mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But if I were him, I would bet you I assume it's bigger than it is. I mean, that seems normal, right? Given, given its think... Kickstarter success, you'd imagine there was that excitement, but it's taken so long. Some it's, of that's exactly. Withered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even prior to that, if I'm just around people who like Shenmue, because I am, I'm at that company, and then all my friends are like, man, we want a new Shenmue, you're like, hey, man, we're going to do a new Shenmue, expecting the world to light on fire, and half the world's like, the fuck is Shenmue? I'm 19. Like, I would have been nine when that came out, like, depending (laughs) on their age. Like, it makes no sense. Uh, Yeah, so it's understandable. I think it's a dumb, it's a dumb move, but it's a move that makes sense for them financially. Uh, It's a dumb move versus a financially good move. And the problem is, for the next three years, that is what the industry will be. Are dumb moves versus good financial moves. Mm-hmm. That is what it's going to be with Epic. So anytime we see this, you're going to have a situation where a developer feels like they can't figure out what they need to figure out, so they have to make the financially sound move. And it is sound. Epic's throwing money... Dude, Epic said they were going to pay for the refunds. Do you know how much money that means they have to put up up front? (laughs) They basically have to cover the cost of the game now, even though they won't because many people will still buy it. But what I'm saying is they would have had to have looked at their books and said our max refund would be bleh. So they call up Tencent, and they're like, do you have the money (laughs) to back up all the refunds? (laughs) Tencent's like, dude, we're China. We got all the money in the world, and they went forward. Um, It's not going to be the only one. And I no, guarantee you, not. you're going to start to see Kickstarters that say, we reserve the right. Be prepared to see them. It will start happening if it's not already happened, where it'll say, we reserve the right to choose our platform holder. Um, because Epic is a big deal. And the developers I talk to say two names every time I talk to them. Epic and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And they say it every time. They're like, dude, Game Pass is ridiculous. And then they'll say, dude, Epic is ridiculous, and they have to decide PR-wise, uh, development-wise, all that, how they're going to go about it. Um, mm. it's, a, it's a unique time, Matty, and I, I do think for the next three years you're going to see Kickstarters saying we reserve the right. You're going to see them saying not, not saying what platform on PC. You're going to start seeing them say... Um, I think that'd be foolish. I do reserve too, the right, happen. But, but the hiding the platform, that just... I always say this is an industry where saying less says a lot more. Of course it does, time. but only only to only to some fans. Right, the ones who pay close. The ones who pay attention, yeah. Like, mm. I, dude, I one time kickstarted. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I forgot I did this. I kickstarted a game I didn't have a, the console for at the time. 
I don't know why I liked the game. I looked at the game and I thought it was going to be for the console I had. So I was like, okay, no problem. And I didn't even think about it not being for that console. And it wasn't. So, and I know what to look for. And this was many years ago, but Kickstarters for board games are really like this. Kickstarters for card games are like this, where they're like, we don't know who we're going to go with. There's a lot more nebulous um, whatever in there. Mm -hmm. I I just think you're going to start hmm. seeing them offering more rewards. They're going to they're going to try to offset it. Do you think that's allowed in card and board games cuz there's a little more agency over like once you get you know the product there's a lot more control over what you can do with it versus in a game where you have to sign into a platform and then you have to deal with for example you sign into the Epic Game Store um there is the issues of security of getting your account hacked whereas with you know a little more animosity so to say when it comes to um a board game or a card game when you buy that product you kind of control that experience from there and create your own fun rather than stepping into a whole ton of shit like the epic game store then getting into the game it, it might be but it might just be you and i knowing that there's a problem with epic because people knew there was a problem with sony for five years and no one gave a shit yeah, PSN network. Yeah. PSN network gets hacked fucking every day from Tuesday, bro. Like I, I don't even know what's going on with half of my friends who have PSN accounts. They're all hacked. Um, so I don't know. It's it's like you and I talking to each other. We know, right? We get it. We know, but a lot of consumers I talk to don't consider Epic a thing. Right. They consider it a shortcut. And they want to play a game. Mm -hmm. They're not like you and I who see Epic as Epic as Tencent, right? Like mm -hmm. connected in other ways. They also don't see Steam as as bad C CSRs or whatever that I see them as. They just see them as shortcuts. So I don't know. I the thing is, gaming's so big right now that if you only took the people who don't know, you could sell and be the number one game, fucking ten years in a row. Because there's so many people playing games now that if you even get this, if you find what you consider a niche, small section of gamers, it's still massive because there's billions of people involved. That's another thing I think. You and I tried to talk to billions, but how many do we reach? On a review, I'll reach 150 to a million, right? That's what you and I will both reach. Like, that's sort of like. I wish I reached to a million, but. <laughs> you've got a million video. You've got a million. Well, videos. I'm saying in a review. In a review. Okay. Well, sorry, that's all I do. So no, in I'm any kidding, videos, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, in any videos, we we have like let's say a million is our top, but there's billions of people playing games. Yeah. So like, mm. shit. It's like how, how do we get watch to them? The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. That too. How many? When you go and look, and it's like four minutes drop off, and you're like, yeah. All right, well, <laughs> like, oh, eleven minute video for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Salute so to the people it, who stay that long. <laughs> It, it's it's interesting. You and I think one thing about Epic and about Steam and stuff like that. I'm going to be super interested in the next two years to see if anybody truly does or if it's all a lot of words. Mm -hmm. If it's just a lot of BS from people saying they would. Because, dude, Shenmue's a big title, right? So are people really going to pass it up? You'll get the odd naysayer who's like, I'll pass it up. But is that one person passing it up but ten other people now that it it's on Epic are going to jump on it? Is, right? Exactly. Um... It, dude, yeah. it always does. Go, going back to Shenmue 1 and 2 for the HD re-release, um, it was buggy, but I was reminded, you know, I, I can confidently say the Platinum's one thing, but 
finishing that game, if I did not already know I love Shenmue, I probably would have struggled to finish that because um, I knew, for example, after all that stupid work in the docks that there was that 100-man or 70-man battle, whatever it was. Like, the, the best part of Shenmue. Of the game was there. Yeah, was like, after. it was yeah. right there. So I knew, but if I didn't know that, oh my god, man, like, I, I'd just be like, alright, I'm not fucking doing work for another three hours, you know, it it was very methodical, it was slow, and that was part of its charm, but um, I just wonder if Shenmue 3, it's gonna carry some of that in there, there's no doubt in my mind, they're suddenly gonna just modernize things and, and, and change why people were, like, begging for a third one. Um, so I just wonder how you're going to sell people on a game like this nowadays. Well, it's, I mean, hot, the combat it's hot looks chick solid. syndrome. It's hot chick syndrome. Like, the hotter and cooler this game is, the more you'll go through bullshit to be around it. Hmm. I, mean, I know that sounds really bad, but that is the way humans usually work, where if something's really good, you'll go through more of it financially, you'll pay more, or you'll go through more bullshit to get to it, I think you're right. I think if it's good, you're going to see people they're going to walk they're going to walk back a bunch of their shit. I mean, we've seen it's it. Strange. You and I've seen it. We've got mm. friends who walk shit back. Yeah. How often have you had a friend who's like, "Man, I'd never do that." And the next week they're like, "I did what I said I wasn't going to yeah, do." They're like, "No way I'm buying that game that you saw it on like Xbox and you just see like on your friends list they're playing Them the fucking playing. game." And you're like, huh, <laughs> "Gotta get the story." Uh, Modern Warfare, by the way. Call mm. of Duty. I don't mm. know if you remember this. Call of Duty had a big issue where they actually had a Steam page. It's like, don't buy Call of Duty because of some reason. I can't remember what what it was. And somebody took a picture of them the next day. Everybody was playing Call of Duty in that list. So they had joined a group saying, we're not buying Call of Duty for this reason. And then the day after it released, they were all playing Call of Duty. You gotta wonder... Um... And this, this is gonna go off track. Do you think there are people out there who just want to provide the adverse effect... You know, Absolutely. Like, they're, ah, oh man, I just wonder, like, oh, you think Shenmue 3 is going to fail? I fucking hate Shenmue, but I'm buying it. <laughs> you know, like that type Absolutely. of shit. Absolutely. I have a friend. I love him to death. I have two friends who that is what they are. <laughs> I don't know any way to describe it, dude. If they like something, it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced, and I've discussed it with them for hours personally. If they like something, they'll find a reason not to like it. If they don't like something or other people don't like something, they'll find a reason to like it. It's the audit, and I've watched them change. I've watched them leave a movie, by the way, love the movie, and then when other people like the movie, all of a sudden, mm. their experience changes. And I'll be there with other friends, and I'll be like, do you remember him saying he loved that? And the person's like, uh, yeah. Like, that's all he could talk about. He absolutely adored it. But everybody else liked it. Mm-hmm. So then it was like... Mm, I'll admit, when I was younger, there was that sense of pride. Like, when I loved Danganronpa, and I felt like I was the only one in the fucking world. Like, there was that... I shouldn't say little, but, like, when I was a teen, there was, like, that mm-hmm. feeling of, like, yeah, I like something that no one fucking knows about. Right, and I'm right. preaching about it, and I know no one's listening, but I'm telling you it's good. But the thing is, is that, that series got popular, and I still think it's the shit, so... But I, I just, I guess I could say I understand that feeling of liking something that you, like, you know, you're just on the minority. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I'm, a sense of pride, like you discovered something. Film auteurs do it, I think, right? The people with their pinky up about every film. They find some, <laughs> you know, random film and they're like, pip, pip, you would not believe this film I like. And you're like, well, what is it? Oh, it's German translated into Japanese, then through Russian, and then into sign language. You're like, who the fuck would like that? And they're like, I love it. <laughs> all right whatever dude <laughs> you know some people that's just them and other people mm-hmm. may like mm-hmm. it too i i don't think so but 
it's possible. Right on. Okay, Shinmu 3, we'll see how that performs. It'll be a topic that we definitely revisit, by the way. Oh, yeah. When's it out, by the way? Uh, I think the 30th of November. It's a weird world to mm-hmm. think I played that original on the Saturn and never thought we'd get a 3. Mm-hmm. So that that alone is, it. there's a very cool feeling right? to knowing. Yeah. But there's also been some other changes in our industry. Tongue tied there. PlayStation Plus. This will be interesting to talk about. Um, Detroit Become Human proved to be one of 2018's most divisive games. While some praised its ambitious storytelling, others found its way that it handled themes such as technology, classism, and racism to be underwhelming. If you haven't played the game for yourself, PlayStation Plus has made it one of this month's offerings so subscribers can find out on which side of the fence they fall. Interestingly enough, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019, or we'll call it during this conversation, Mm -hmm. PES 19, was supposed to be the original offering for this month, but Sony replaced it at the last minute with Detroit for unspecified regions. uh, Regions, Jesus, reasons. Uh, Update. We are making a swap to the PS Plus game lineup for July. This month we are adding Detroit Become Human Digital Deluxe Edition, which also includes Heavy Rain. Fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, To the July games lineup instead of... Pez 19, we apologize for any inconveniences. What the fuck? And it's also releasing some indie game, Horizon Chase Turbo, which was already there. Uh, Classic arcade racing. I think this was the overhead racing. Oh, gotcha. Um, But I gotta ask, um, a lot of this was due in response to people not being happy with the PlayStation Plus games. Now, if I'm Sony, I would remove the smaller arcade title and keep Pez in Detroit to, you know, buff it up a little bit. Not because Horizon Chase is this bad game, but more so because the issue with this service is over the years you are paying the same, but it's lost consistent value across the board. You know, it right. lost its Vita games. Sure. It's lost its PS3 games. Okay. Now we just have two PS4 games, and they're offering us not as good ones as we've seen in the past. And there's obviously a lot of deals to work around. I'm sure exclusivities become an issue. But when you look at Games of Gold, Game Pass, uh, the Humble Bundle monthly thing, you scratch your head a little bit at at what and how Sony has failed to deliver on this service people are paying for. So what do you feel about the change? What do you think happened? And uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask why you feel it happened, but why do you think Sony chose Pez over Horizon? Yeah, see, that I don't know. I, and they So they cut it out, right? It was going to be... Mm-hmm. It was going to be on there. I'm actually then... looking on the blog right now, and they have... It says, like, Detroit Become Human Deluxe Edition, and then they have the original text, like... Pro Evolution Soccer 2019, but it's all got a cross through it. Like, it's all crossed out, but it's still there. Yeah, see, I don't know why they chose that one. I mean, maybe there was a deal with, you know, maybe they made a later deal with, uh, that would be Electronic Arts, right? EA? Mm-mm. Konami. Who would that be? That would be Konami. Okay. And apparently Konami didn't know, and it was, like, no. unexpected. It, that's That was going to be my next... Yeah, I Let mean, me see if I can find I, that. I keep going. It's just it's very odd to do it without telling anybody because you are technically adjusting prices for games, and 
adjusting services. Also, I assume if you add something to PSN, there's a chance of it being uploaded more often. Sorry, downloaded more often than mm-hmm. it normally would. Because, like, if I had a game that's a year old, it's probably not getting a ton of downloads. Then suddenly, you know, Sony's like, hey, we're putting it on PS Plus. You're like, no problem. And you get it. Um, I think the thing with Pez, if I remember right, it's also a mobile game or was a mobile game. One of the people in my Discord said something like, it's got a bad history. Pez? In some other way. Yeah, in hmm. some other way. Like, this version is bad or something like that. I just saw people in the Discord saying, like, oh, this makes sense, which I cannot say I know or can agree with. I assume it does make sense. Um, but I will say, putting Detroit and putting Heavy Rain in there, I personally believe is just Sony putting their... They're trying to put their best foot forward. Those are good games. Detroit Become Humans, or Human, I don't know what they mean by divisive. Because yeah, it I scored think fairly like well. Opinion getting inserted yeah, there. yeah, that's almost like me and you wanting to tr- prove that a game isn't good even though we like it and finding the people who don't like it and mm-hmm. saying, oh, that proves it. Mm-hmm. There might be other people that like it, but you're like, oh, this proves my point. Um yeah, I don't know, man. It's a weird decision because you assume business has to. The new Hertz fast lane. Like they have to say, we're we're not gonna offer this, so you don't need to be prepared for this. Payments will be different. I mean, there's a lot that actually goes into it. Maybe Sony has more control than we know. That could be it too. Maybe Sony has control. Uh, maybe Sony has a list of games and gets a, is just able to say, yay or nay on a game too. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so. Where do I start? Okay. Um, number one, let's read Konami's response. Yeah. Um, they gave a short but clear statement to GameStop, GameSpot's earlier today, which blamed Sony for PES 2019 being removed. The decision was made by Sony, and so please make an inquiry to Sony, was their response. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, GameSpot is also reporting that a brand manager for PES also told the outlet that he had no idea the change was going to happen. I cannot really tell you what happened because I just found out today in the morning when I opened my laptop cannot really explain so complete blindside now you said something about like this version or whatever yeah for and some so, reason not, somebody said something about that i i just went to a place that aggregates all the reviews together metacritic uh just to read some user reviews some critic reviews and it seems like you know gamespot gave it a nine out of ten playstation universe 85 um huh. really good reviews on the critic side of things but then you go to the user and one of the main issues is there's no license because FIFA has it, so they have all the teams. So I think Pez is like fake teams, fake people. Oh, um, I gotcha. I gotcha. Apparently the net code is really bad. Uh, the AI is like very obviously scripted. Um, and I think people are disappointed based off what I'm seeing because Pez used to be that game that people like. Remember how we were just talking earlier? Like they were supporting it in, yeah, right. in spite of something else, but. Konami, for once, was seemingly working on a series that um, did all the things that people um, liked and, and got rid of the bullshit that we'd see in FIFA. Um, but it says, I'm reading one right here. Unfortunately, it's ruined by obvious scripting, momentum, and god-awful netcode. It's a shame Konami chose to go the EA way rather than produce the opposite. All about my club now, which is so boring and limited. It makes Ultimate Team look amazing, but every other mode, just like FIFA, is ignored. They've killed Master League to get you to pay for coins for my club. And I fear PES 2020 will be the exact same. Uh, more interested in Ronaldinho animations and scripting games to get you to buy more coins than overall gameplay content improving their servers. Don't get any more greed, it's just overruled them. So, 
I'd say that's a fair representation of what I'm generally seeing. Yeah. Here in, in these reviews. Um, GameSpot gave it a 9, but starts it off by saying the lack of licenses for top-tier leagues remains a disheartening sticking point, but Pez continues to make brilliant strides on the pitch, building on what was an already incredibly satisfying game of football to produce one of the greatest football-playing games of all time. Hmm. Dude, it must be a shitter. It must be a stone-cold poop to be working (laughs) on a game and not have the license, bro. Imagine... I had a game that was just turning left in high-speed cars, but I couldn't call it NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Like, and I couldn't say you Kyle Petty. Or... Fast racing cars. Yeah, right. Like uh, fast left-turning racing. I, I get people are going to get mad. It's just a joke about NASCAR. Obviously, they do have some more detailed races, but overall, that mm-hmm. is what they're known for. It would be really weird. It's it's like what Sega went through when they lost the ability to do uh, NFL and. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's like I didn't know all that stuff exists. Konami, in their response, though, indicates to me that maybe bitterness. Sony, yeah, bitterness. Maybe Sony just doesn't like the game very, you know, doesn't feel that it's very, I don't know, quality. And PSN is a contested area now. I guess my other thought is hmm. Actually, never mind. Wouldn't it be the devs paying Sony? Or would Sony be paying the devs to say, hey, let us put your game? on ps plus i'm not sure how that goes but I was that, just it's thinking, funny you mention it because i don't think anybody knows right now yeah um it, my how all that works would be if sony's paying them it might be cheaper to pay for the arcade indie game and yeah. a former exclusive obviously now it's on the epic game store but a former exclusive to your console rather than pez with konami that might have just been like a bad deal but if it was last minute you know, how much money was on the table, if any? Like, yeah, I guess there the, the are, check are didn't there go through fines? yet. Yeah, are there? Fi- yeah, it's it's interesting. I think this is not the end of of what we're seeing here. I think we're gonna nope. learn more. Um, yeah. I think what it did though was light a fire under Sony, Sony, <laughs> Sony's ass. And um, I'm curious to see what their their August lineup is because that that's what's got my attention. Really, is okay. You responded. You reacted. Is it going to be worth it now? Because I don't think this will be the end right. of that. And it's not like all of a sudden if you release bad stuff in August, we're going to go, oh, we got Detroit Become Human, and uh, maybe this Turbo Racer game is good too. We got these two games in July, so, nah. Um I think the only reason people were excited about June's lineup is because we got the free DLC for Borderlands, and it was like a dollar on for Game Pass, so you could get Borderlands that way. Like, there was just this industry-wide excitement for Borderlands to access the new DLC at a cheap or no yeah. cost. So, I think that's why they were able to skate by that month. But all in all, man, um, really, really interesting story. I'm very keen to see how that one shapes up. Yeah, so am I. So am I. Especially, I just like the business behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, how I do this, too. How, how does I'd it all... i to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, how does that end up happening? Mm-hmm. And are people absolutely, you know, beyond pissed about it? Or just like, oh, okay, whatever. It de- depends yeah. on how much money changes hands. How many middle fingers get flashed in this conversation? You wonder. Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving on over, we're going to talk about Marvel a little bit. Seems there's some updates on the horizon for that slew of games. Once again, we're still on Game Informer. When Marvel Avengers was shown at E3 last month, fans were kind of expecting a little more than what was shown at Square Enix's E3 conference. While the publisher went into things like how the voice actors feel about the characters, which I just need to, like, pause. That was one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen. I, I, like, 
my body literally curled into a ball when I saw that. I was like, no! Like, watching Troy Baker try to, you know, decipher why the Hulk was, was this super interesting character, but not actually talking about why, just saying he's he's really complex. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, script? Thank you. Um, very little was shown about the actual gameplay. and had mostly to be gleaned from behind closed doors, demos, and glowing interviews. Now it seems like we'll get our next bit of info from San Diego Comic-Con in July. Marvel has a game panel on July 18th, hosted by professional loudmouth Greg Miller, though I feel like I'm stretching the definition of professional, even if loudmouth was their description. That's his writing, not mine. Uh, the panel summary says that it will show new content Four Avengers, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Iron Man VR, and promises surprises as well. Uh, Miller will be joined by special guests, which presumably means some developers from those games and Bill Roseman, who is Vice President and Creative Director at Marvel Games. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 releases that following day on the Switch. Um, so we'll likely get the very last character reveals or DLC characters, which got an announcement of X-Men Fantastic Four and Marvel Knights at E3. And then Iron Man VR is scheduled for PSVR later this year. And naturally, we know Marvel Avengers is May next year. So, what do you think we're going to see from Square Enix's Marvel Avengers? Do you think we're going to see the behind-closed-doors gameplay? Are they going to take like a CD Projekt Red approach where they said, we're going to hold the behind-closed-doors gameplay from E3, save it for Gamescom, in their case, for San Diego Comic-Con, and then release it there to make the most usage out of the gameplay we've taken the time to get together? Man, I, I just feel like they don't know. I, I feel like they have no clue how to show the game. I know. Like, they, if you, they feel... They feel Anthem so much. Yeah, they so feel much. genuinely, genuinely lost. And I don't know if I would say, like, lost in a bad way. Uh, maybe lost in a Ultimate Alliance is coming out, and it sort of it doesn't do anything special other than bring a cherished title forward. And it's not pushing any systems, and it's exclusive on Switch, but for some reason people are comparing them and saying they want the Switch one. So it's like at some point you look at your game and go, where are we I think it's because people just see Marvel roster. But they also see the game. They fucked up that initial show, man. Like, dude, we had to go look at hacked fucking cell phone footage that looked like looking through a vulva, and Mm. you're you're watching, it's all (laughs) shiny, and you're like, what am I seeing? I see, and then they're all, that's game. I saw somebody say, dude, that's gameplay. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly what we saw in the trailer. Even if that is gameplay, it's nothing else. Like, in fact, it looks worse. We're not really seeing anything. They showed it poorly, and until we see what it is, I cannot get excited for it right now. Like, I'm genuinely not even dissing on it. I am so not excited for it. I'm until right there with I, you, bro. Until I can go, oh, I get it. Right now, I have no clue what it is. I almost feel dumb for, for like, guessing. Because I feel like I'm going to get burned. I feel like they're hiding something, you know? I mean, I could they be are. wrong, but it they feels are. like they are. I, I'd say, I, have, I have the utmost confidence when you have behind-closed-doors gameplay, you have voice actors talking about characters, like, you know, they're more than what they are, which, you know, to an extent they are. Um, you don't show gameplay... It just had all the marks of a game that they don't know how to show it off and make it yeah. something to be excited about. So they're going to keep delaying, keep waiting, get the marketing cycle going, but they're going to keep pushing it off until uh, the last possible minute. And they're going to let a lot of, like this article mentioned, glowing interviews, discussions, word of mouth do the trick, which you know just doesn't 
for me anymore. You can talk, 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 say what you're going to do, say what's going to happen, but uh, I just feel like I've done these like interview pieces and I've covered them for so long and read them for so long, like many others, where it's like, okay, when you got something to show me, I'll care. And that's like the the prime feeling I have with this game. Like, you guys, even behind the that behind closed doors gameplay, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't even know how to describe this gameplay to someone. Like, can you switch also, what characters the fuck in the middle is of the a gameplay? What the fuck is a glowing interview, bro? I think it's along the lines of softball questions asked and giving but, giving the developers that, that opportunity to be like, and well, then you see, rating, in our game, we've got... And then rating that answer as glowing? Because that makes... So, well, if on, I said a here. glowing it's actually, preview... It's actually hyperlinked. Let's see what glowing interview is. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, because if I said glowing preview... It's his own interview be... on Games, Game Informer. Interesting. What? Who is this? Considering it is a Marvel interview, it is obviously very edited and prepared, but for people still confused about how the game actually works, Amos is pretty open about it. Or Amos, sorry, is very open about it. There is a single-player campaign that eventually and inevitably feeds into the online multiplayer as you make progress. Um... Maybe he didn't mean the word glowing. No, I think second. I think it's because let me check the writers real quick. Same writers, okay. I think what he's trying to slip in here, uh, without directly saying, because we he calls it a glowing interview. He links his own interview and then goes, considering it's a Marvel interview, it is right. ob- it is obviously very edited and prepared. And then in this quote interview, you know how usually it's in a question answer format? It's not even that. It's three paragraphs of quotes. No questions. Hmm. Uh, It just says, yes, the entire campaign, the core campaign is actually designed to give everyone a chance to get with these heroes. As you unlock these heroes and you go through the core campaign, you'll actually experience every one of them. He says, explaining the delineation between single and multiplayer. And as you unlock them, they become available to use online. You can just go straight online after you play that first mission and play with your friends and start unlocking other heroes. It's imperative to us that people actually have a chance to get to know these characters and get to play with our unique take on them, but then also have this expansive world that can be played single player. So they're like... And remember, there is no there is no dual player campaign in this game. Mm-hmm. It's like a that whole is, separate, like, spec ops It's a mode. whole, yeah, it's a spec, yeah, that was your example, I think, two weeks ago mm-hmm. when we last talked. Maybe three, I think, because we missed two weeks ago. Uh, it, that's exactly right, like a spec ops. A side multiplayer component that's aside the campaign, but not within the campaign. Um, yeah, it, it seems like, to me, I'm just trying to read between the lines here i think it's very obvious that he's trying to like put on the warning flashers like hello yeah, right. like we did no, a, a quote it. interview and they kind of controlled what we could actually put out there like all that dude i'm sorry but if you're excited for this game just take a step back take a step back and really look obviously pay attention to what they're doing uh on july 18th that'll be a big determining factor but uh yeah, just keep your wits about you, folks. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust shit about this game right now. I can't. And what I always say is if we turn out wrong, that's cool because that means going forward, if this comes up again, you can point at it and go, all right, remember when mm-hmm. this happened with this Man, game? The, prob- the, the problem is, is it's been many years, and I don't remember the last time 
where I was truly able to go, remember when we thought this and it turned out to be this? Mm-hmm. The only time I could say, no, I can't. I, I just, I, the way I look it's, at it's, it. It's pretty rare. It's if, pretty rare. How do I word it? If I'm marketing a game, I want to help sell this game, and I feel confident about it, don't you just show the game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you don't, if you're the marketer and you're sitting there and you go, no, don't show the game. Keep it behind closed doors. Let people talk about it, but don't show anything really. What does that actually tell you about the game? That's what it says to me. And I, I, here's the thing. We could, to some extent, say the same thing about CD Projekt Red. But the difference is they released 48 minutes of unedited gameplay that yeah. we literally... No, they did. That was the exact same thing I saw at E3 last year. It took a little bit longer, but they've, they did one thing, and then they justified it, and they're doing it again this year. And I get it. So you could apply the same argument. You could counter it that way. But I just, I look at it from that perspective where I'm like, if they're scared to show the game to get people excited and they're trying to control the ways that excitement becomes a thing for folks, like interviews, um, like not showing gameplay, voice actor trailers, just weird places the resources are going, that screams to me that they're not A, sure, or B, confident. Yeah. Or C, it's not all together where they can show it and explain it and be like, here's the single-player gameplay, you're going to unlock Thor, and now we're going to go online. Like Maybe they don't have that all together yet where they could show it, but, I mean, if the game's coming out next May, 10 months from now, I feel like that's part of the infrastructure that should be together. I don't know, man. No, I would agree with all that. Good to know. Good to know. Let's move on to Paradox. So they had some interesting comments, and, and this would have fit in nicely with when we were talking about Epic, but we definitely wanted to break up that flow a little bit, because I just feel like every single conversation in the games industry is dominated by Epic. So here <laughs> we are with per, uh, Paradox Interactive, um, nice little developer, and they are calling the traditional 70-30 revenue split outrageous for video games. At a Game Lab, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, still on Game Informer, at a Game Lab panel last week, Paradox Interactive's Frederick Wester spoke on a largely unchanged revenue model, the 70-30 split. Developers keep 70% of a game's revenue, and the platform holders, Valve, Microsoft, Sony, Apple, Nintendo, and others, keep the remaining 30%. However, with the rise of digital sales and the Epic Game Store's more favorable 88-12 split, Wester believes the model is outdated. Quote, I think the 70-30 model... Uh, is outrageous, end quote, Wester said. Quote, I think the platform holders are taking too much money. Everyone in the press here, just quote me on that, end quote. Uh, Wester details how much Warner Brothers, uh, how Warner Brothers established that 70-30 split in the 1970s as a precedent back when they released films on VHS and when video games were very much in their infancy. With today's increasingly digitized methods of content distribution, distribution, sorry, Wester claims this model is outdated. The Epic Games Store has challenged that model with its more generous 88-12 revenue split, uh, which has attracted many de- developers to release their games on the store as opposed to Steam. While favorable to developers, however, consumers have been frustrated with the store's lack of options and features present in Steam. Yeah. Um, Wester and others are challenging other platform holders to match uh, Epic's revenue model, when the competition is low and the platform holder can get a big share of the pie, as competition increases, they need to lower their part of the pie as well. Wester said, that's how the market works, right? Very interesting. 
Very interesting, indeed. Um, where, where do you stand on the 70-30 split? Because I look at it, like, as a YouTuber. Like, if it was we got 70 and YouTube took 30, I, I'd be kind of tight, too. But um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit Besides different with yourself. video games. You know? so, <laughs> I, I, you think? I think that he's probably also trying to step in front of the inevitable fire truck that's headed our way which is digital uh streaming one of the reasons why is because some of this other stuff he said at that panel a lot of people are taking issue with which Mm -hmm. we can talk about it if we want but it involves basically he believes he should be paid more per game because his games are longer than somebody who maybe their game is only 20 hours because paradox it's very stupid but I believe he's probably trying to get out in front of things like digital, which is where Microsoft says, we're streaming your title from our servers in some way paying the bandwidth stuff, so we want you to pay even more than the 30-70 split. So it's probably pretty intelligent for him to come out and get some of this shit taken care of right away, because he is right. 70-30 was built. 30% was to cover physical distribution, creation of the CDs, a gold master. You take a gold master, you put it on a machine, and mm-hmm. it creates your copies. And mm-hmm. usually it's 100,000 copies it can make before it dies out. And you can do those kind of things. All of that stuff was done. 70% goes to the game manufacturer or the game creator. And then even that is parsed out a lot of times. Yeah. It wasn't even truly 70-30. So the digital companies came in, and they said it's still 70-30. And they sort of made up some shit, including marketing, and some other stuff that they put that they put out. Um, but I think it's pretty smart for him to get out in front of it because I do think 7030 is pretty crazy. I, I do believe, if I remember right, Microsoft also changed it for their indie program with the original and the 360. Mm. They had a couple different um, men, uh, pricing adjustments. I also think Game Pass is going to change some of this. But no, I agree with him. 30% is pretty fucking high. And it's pretty high when it's... It's almost a third-year game. Yeah, and it's just the digital, right? It's like, if it was 30... If if I went with, who's the company you like so much who <clears throat> takes digital games and makes them physical... Limited Run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my dog. I love Limited so, Run as well. Yeah, they're just like, Bo, man, we're on it. But mm-hmm. Limited Run, you look at those... Um, that makes sense, right? You need to pay them, maybe not 30%, but mm. they're making a physical copy. They're making a manual, perhaps, which is another thing that went away. Remember when manuals were a thing? Oh, They're God, not yeah. a thing now, right? Big ones, thick ones, all that shit. Um, yeah, the, the that maps, ma- the tutorials, everything you want yeah. to know. Oh, man. Yeah, and what I think a thing that points to the biggest question of the 7030 is something that's become very prevalent now, mm-hmm. and that's um, 7030 does not change if you do a platinum or special edition game. So okay. that means, let's say your game has a cloth map and has a fucking token that you dug up from your backyard made of gold. It actually doesn't go beyond 30, which I think right there indicates that there's some issues with the way the prices are done all over. Not only the physical, that's the physical side, but also the digital, which there's nothing created. Mm-hmm. 30% doesn't really make any sense because it could go higher than 30 if you're doing crazy shit. And it could mm-hmm. go lower than 30 if you're on digital and you're not doing any shit. But instead, neither has changed. However, everything else has, except for game prices. They're sort of meandering around. But, yeah, makes total sense. I'm glad he brought it up. I just wish he wasn't such a jackass because he hurts himself with his, um, with his deli- you know how it is? Mm-hmm. The delivery and how you say it. He's aggressive. It can... He's clearly, like, pissed about it. 
Yeah, and then it colored some other stuff he said, and then you get the argument over that versus mm. the real argument. He's right. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll, like, we'll discuss the 70-30 split. They'll bring up what he said earlier instead in exactly. light of that and go, well, that does nothing to do with what we're trying to focus on here. Exactly. Well, we've had it with YouTube videos. We're like, you'll bring up something, somebody will be like, blah, 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 and you'll be like, wait, what? That's, mm-hmm. that's in a video about, like, fucking... You know, go-karts. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Those two aren't connected. But it's yeah. easy to connect them if you're trying to pretend that there's some tissue there that like, that, that holds them together, and there's not. He's yeah. smart. 70-30 makes sense. He needs to get it down as, as low as possible, especially, like I said, as digital games and streaming become a thing. You don't want to be a company. Mm-hmm. Imagine being 70-30, and then that company shows up at your house, and they're all, oh, We've been giving you a deal this entire time, but now that you're going to be using our streaming service, we want 45%. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you, and you're just going to see everyone run to Epic. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're, they're smart. They're the ones who dropped theirs. Yeah. Which is very I'm, I don't think anyone, sh- maybe Steam, would be able to match Epic with the 88-12, but I just think like 80-20 even is, is possible. Then maybe that seventy thirty with the streaming service could could make a little more sense. I think they could. I I don't know. I would have to. I you think Microsoft and Sony been, could do like eighty at twelve. Yeah, I uh, personally right now, other than marketing, that digital doesn't. It's it's a crypt uh, on your server somewhere. They should certainly pay. You could even charge them mm-hmm. for downloads. You mm-hmm. could do something. But this thirty percent means if your game sells nothing, you still pay thirty percent. If another game sells something, they pay third. Like, it at some point it becomes unbalanced uh, for one of those two groups. Yeah. And personally, I just don't feel like it should be anywhere near thirty. I honestly believe it should be ninety-five-five, and I've believed that for years. So I mean, I'd love that. Yeah. Steam in particular, Steam is swimming in fucking games. They don't even have a CSR. Email them and ask for help, and I guarantee you it'll take weeks before some fucking dude named Steve at his house emails you back and says, oh, you're having a problem? They're fucking, they don't have any support. They don't, their, their search engine doesn't even work. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they should be getting more money. I think they should be giving more to developers. And Steam and Epic both. Because well, they're just dude, converting into platforms at this point that just host yeah, games rather than supporting Exactly, them. exactly. They're hosting games. And if you talk to any developer who uploads to Steam, they'll tell you it's very difficult because they haven't even made tools correctly for the developer to get their game on Steam right. Mm-hmm. So the developer's doing almost all the shit you see. Like you, the fucking texting and all, you know how things are split up. That's all done by them. Or them at wow. least identifying. It's not done automatically. So Steam hasn't been like, oh, Hunky Dory, we'll build you new, to- new tools. Their search engine, I went yesterday and looked for a game with the word the in it. Mm-hmm. And it never came up. And I found another Discord person who's like, oh, you know how I found the game? Put a dash before the the. And we seriously have no clue why that worked, but it did work. The game would not show up if you type it normally. I was probably found would... by accident, too. And That's I think it part. was, because I bitched, and I'm pretty sure they said, do you know what? I put a dash in front of it, and that's why it worked. Um and Epic, I think Epic's really smart. I think Epic comes across as a good guy when, in fact, they're just less of a bad guy. Oh, so absolutely. imagine it's a sandpaper blowjob, right? You're just like, oh, it's a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, it's covered in sandpaper. Like, it's better than none, maybe. <laughs> but that's what Epic's getting away with. Is yeah, I, I don't that... even want to imagine I'm going to be honest Oh, with you. sorry. 
I don't know. Sorry, we'll change that that cheese grater okay. feeling. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we'll change we'll change the the uh, compare. But you know what I mean. Like they appear to be less of a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Because they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, look at us, man. We're best friends." So we're going to drop it down this certain percent, but in real life, they're still padding their coffers with unbelievable amounts of cash in a store that doesn't even have a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. So if I want to buy two games, I have to buy them separate because those fuckers don't know how to sh- even program what Squarespace can do for five ninety nine a month, <laughs> which is how much it would cost me to put a shopping cart on my website on Squarespace, and they can't even figure that out. So or they just- don't want to. I don't know. We, we've discussed this in other podcasts, I think even with you. I still don't know why they wouldn't want to. Why would you not want somebody to be able to buy two things, Maddie? If you had two shirts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you, <laughs> I think they just, just care about getting you to buy one thing, let alone two. They're like, how many people are going to buy two? It's like, well. And bro, it's the worst. It's not even a diss on Epic. It's the worst store I've ever seen. Yeah. It's It's just these huge thumbnails. That, they're terrible. And it, it's awesome because right now you do have de- developers who are like, man, they're giving us that extra percentage. That'll only last for a while, too. You and I will be around, most likely you more than me. Depends on heart cancer whenever I get it. But there's a chance we'll <laughs> no. be around when these companies start talking about Epic not offering very much as well. And then you're going to have another company who comes forward and says, well, look at us. <laughs> we'll give you another 5%. <laughs> like that's uh, You and I should make a company. Dude, Squarespace. Five ninety nine a month. I can have a cart. We'll call it Cart Space. We'll, we'll just give sell these developers games. carts on their on their new engines and shit. Exactly. They, uh, <laughs> and we'll do like stores. ten percent, but we'll be like, dude. And, and I'll even write. This is not like a sandpaper blowjob. This is truly us trying to reach out to you to help you as a developer. Ten percent. Little and punch a line underneath like a shopping cart logo. <laughs> this is. Shopping cart made out of like fucking sandpaper. Exactly. Get a little animation of it just scratching down the road. Oh nah, God. I don't know, man. I think it's awesome. I I, I I think that them talking about it's great. It'll be cool, dude, to see devs get more. Um, mm-hmm. That's why you and I celebrate Games Pass so much because those guys are actually coming out of it and going, oh, okay, this helped me out this time, which I don't yeah, think a lot just, of them get. I, just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like Epic, it makes sense. I feel like Nintendo, I'd expect to split like that out of just because they literally are like just resting on piles <laughs> the of The Gestapo. Yeah. Um, I just feel like everyone should be able to bump it up even a little bit. It's strange yeah. that, that it has yet to happen. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. All right. Well, hopefully Paradox and the rest of the industry gets their way. For now, we move on to our last news topic, which is Alan Wake. So, we got an article that's not from Game Informer. It is from Eurogamer, in fact. Uh, The original story reads, Remedy Entertainment has regained the publishing rights to Alan Wake from Microsoft, now busy crafting the very promising-looking control, which, by the way, I don't know anything about. I have not looked up this game. Uh, Remedy told investors it would earn approximately 2.5 million euros in royalties for previously released games this year after ownership of the spooky novel writing adventure shooter reverted back to the studio it's fair to say the relationship between remedy and microsoft was left strained by the pair's last project together the live action tv game hybrid that character character fuck that character loves oh so much quantum break remedy has since made a point of saying its future now lies in making games for all platforms and control was announced last year during playstation's e3 2018 conference then there was an update speaking to Eurogamer, alan wake developer remedy has teased 
the possibility of a multi-platform release for its previously Microsoft-owned hero. The only thing we want to clarify now that Remedy owns the publishing rights is that we could bring Alan Wake to different platforms if we choose so. A a Remedy spokesperson told me this afternoon. We have nothing to announce for now. We are fully focused on Control releasing on the 27th of August. Don't expect to hear anything more on Alan Wake until after then, but but it sounds as if a PlayStation release is in the cards. Fuck yeah. You gotta be pumped. I know you love Alan Wake. I think it's a great game, but I know you love it. Yeah, and I mean, you have a shirt based off it. Still awake. I do. I do. I and I. I just don't necessarily know why Microsoft and them can't agree on if it's worth it. I, I don't know what Remedy wanted to do too. Remedy might have wanted to went nuts. And after seeing Quantum Break, which I was not a fan of, um, really? maybe maybe Remedy and I, I. I didn't like it as much as everybody else. I give it a wait. Um, I, I like the story though. And the uh, I actually like the show, even though nobody else did. I like the idea of it. How about that? I, love I thought that was cool. I think it would be so cool. Oh, dude! It w- and and once we get a game, well, like Witcher Three, the show, right? Like mm-hmm. if we can get uh, that mix, it's going to be that social moment. But um, yeah, man, it's 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 awesome. I do. I will say they've had issues with the source code, so I don't know what the remake would look like on the PS4 if it would just be like a here it is on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it's an old game. But I'm going to tell you, do you know what would be awesome is if I woke up and they're like, you know, Alan Wake, rem- not remaster, sorry, uh, remake. If they were like, like a full on remake. Wow. Y- yeah. And maybe leave it a little bit more open ended for sequels. Like, you know, if they were just like, hey, we're going to remake it because that would still cost less than a remaster. Um, but allow them to use 4K assets and better animation. Because, right. dude, if you play it, I love it. But he controls like somebody took a crutch and shoved it up his ass. Like, he... And I love him, but Alan Wake is like... <laughs> wherever he goes. And it's it's not great. So the idea of you playing it... Like, if I... I know what you liked it. Let's say somebody we know didn't play it and saying, Hey, go play this now. You know how it is where you go back to an old game and you're like, Damn, this is crunchy. Damn. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you want a horror game very crunchy. I just don't know if you do. I Unless think you like it might the old Resident Evils. Well, true. I feel like that's but they been have a their name. I've never understood why. Yeah, you mean the shit control? I can guarantee. Yeah. I can guarantee it has to do with purposely limiting the game player in their yeah. abilities. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing. And I'm just Which like, sucks. don't you guys think like the thing they're running away from or the thing they're scared of? They want to smoothly. You know, yeah, right. escape from not not <laughs> get stuck on a wall or something. Yeah, yeah, or just you know the jump where you see in those older games where the character just goes like bends a knee and then just there there's not even an animation they just pop off yeah. the ground. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked for it and I think Remedy is a good company. They're I really enjoy them. I but I will say this, I don't necessarily believe it's all on MS that they didn't figure out what to do. That's what worries me a little bit is that. Deflection. Also, yeah, because remember, MS had the first chance to uh, have platform exclusive for Control and passed it up, which to me indicates, I mean, sure, Phil can be wrong, because I'm assuming it'd be Phil and his, whoever that secondary guy is, I can't remember his name, Bottoms or something, Isn't he's got a weird name, those oh, guys are in control of, oh, I can't remember his name, but they're in control of like what games come in, they could both be wrong and have looked at it and it wasn't good. But after seeing Quantum Break, it makes me worry that Control maybe isn't as 
And dude, you said you didn't know about Control. I've been following it, and I gotta say, it's not, it's not really lighting fires for a lot of people. It's pretty I mean, it's generic. Completely dead silence on that one. I've heard nothing about it, man. Yeah, it's it, it reminds me of Quantum Break too, but with like a less enjoyable character. You see a couple people doing previews on it. Um, I saw some video on it, and it looked okay. But I haven't seen anything that like would make most gamers go, "Oh, I need that," you know. Mm-hmm. Other than Remedy, other than them. Yeah, I was going to say they're one of the few companies that you see, you know, taking chances and doing really cool, different things. Starting with Alan Wake, moving into Quantum Break. Uh, I I don't know enough about Control to speak on it, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see how little attention it's grabbed so it must be yeah i I feel like i mean we've seen these really good games go under the radar but i just feel like this one silence is a little bit different because i've seen people talk about it and then just off like a light switch you know it's just nothing because didn't game informer also cover it i mean you and i we were joking like what the fuck haven't they covered (laughs) yeah i don't know what's going on with that but i i think they have and the fact that you and i both haven't like gravitated towards whatever article they may have cut. Co- they may have written to cover that. Is I think a little bit telling. So for whatever reason, it's not. It's not grabbing people. You know how it's a character sometimes. In fact, mm-hmm. I think Alan Wake is probably, you know, somewhat of the character. The way he talks, whatever. Uh, Quantum Break didn't have that. I like Sean. Sean Austin is that no Sean? I can't remember his name. The guy who plays the main character in Quantum Break. I liked him, but he didn't. I didn't gravitate towards him. And I I'm just a little nervous. Little the same thing That's all I cared about. Yeah, he was. I was so. And I like Lance Riddick, the super tall black guy, mm-hmm. uh, black actor Lance yeah. Riddick from Fringe. Oh, he's so, so good. oh, dude, they're but well, they're all good. I, I personally think that's actually a very good, uh, an enjoyable show. I guess even removed from the game, I sort of liked the ideas mm-hmm. of what was going on. It's Remember wild, that man. download two hundred yeah. gigs, bro. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> sure fucking do. <laughs> I sure fucking do. When I reviewed that, oh my god. That game, man, I see, I don't know. I'd have to go back and play that at some point, but I don't have that, that itch to play. And that's the one thing that's weird with Remedy games. I play them. They're such a different experience. I haven't had one I didn't like yet, but I never feel like... I, Except for Quantum Break, I played twice. Because, you know, you get the oh. different episodes um, based off your choices or whatever. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, like, I played it once. It came back, like, a year later. No, like, I played it twice, I think for my review and um yeah but it was that their games there's just something about them that i just don't hurry back to uh and in fact alan wake i was one i i the first time i played it was years after its launch because my friend was like over the moon on it and it was 10 bucks a game stop i was like all right give it a shot and right. i mean i played it i beat it in two days you know i i very much enjoyed it um more so I couldn't tell you a thing about its story. The, the gameplay is what stuck with me. You know, a flashlight being your main weapon is kind of different from anything else I've ever seen in a game. I still haven't seen anything like that. I can't think of anything like that. So um, that was cool. But other than that, um, Remedy games just, I don't know, they don't sync with me as deeply as I, th- I feel others have when they, they speak about their prior work. I, I think also they have a tendency to not necessarily end, but I would certainly say that with Alan Wake, you could beat it and think to yourself, I'm not really going to get anything more by replaying it at all. Where 
maybe other games. They're more complete experiences, I guess. Yeah, they are. Yeah, even and I'm not even saying they're good or better or anything. I'm just saying they they do in, in Alan Wake. You wouldn't have learned more about what was going on with that story by playing it again. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have really picked up anything new. Quantum Break. I can see why you played it twice because they did ab- actually go out of their way to make it the two episodes, the choice. So that makes more sense that you said you played that twice. But I can see that one in Max Payne, and now it looks like oh Control, Max not Payne. That's one I forgot. Max Payne was really fucking good. I always forget three? they did that. Did they do three or or, was it or two? well, that's the one I thought you were talking about. I was going to say one and two were done by them, and then like yeah, two no, two K. I, I take it back. Max Payne's a series I've gone back to. Those are oh, great really? games. I always forget they do them though. Those are great though. Well, they don't feel like they're other games. Is probably why they don't. Yeah. I mean. Except it's also just him. the way Max Payne 1 starts. It's just really grounded and gritty. There's just something about it. Running on the blood trails in your in your psyche as, like, yeah. your kid is crying and your wife is yelling at you and you're like, you know, you do the voiceover. It's just, yeah. I remember yesterday. The first level in the subway station, just, like, completely abandoned. You're just, like, shooting the place off. It's just, like, really grim. I don't know. Very Matrix style, too, with shit coming off oh, the walls when oh, you're yeah. firing. Like, Slow-mo dives. Yep, yep. And him with constipation face. Oh, Their yeah. digitalized face, and he's just... <laughs> all the time. He's like, my name's Max Payne, I got poop. I love <laughs> That's that. That's actually character. one of the most accurate representations of it. Dude, when you look at him, does he not have, like, consistent <laughs> constipation does, face through does. the entire game? I love it, though. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, um, they just don't feel like other Remedy games, though. Yeah. I don't think Max... If you told me Max Payne was made by somebody else, I would believe that more than if I didn't know and you said Remedy made Alan Wake mm-hmm. and also made Max Payne. I'd be like... Turnover. D- different people at the studio, probably. Yeah, it can de- it can definitely be that. Different genre, too, but it just doesn't even animation-wise feel the same. It's definitely got some yeah. differences. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, Alan Wake has a chance to head over to the PlayStation, <sighs> and that is your news... For the week, but we still have patron questions. I see Let's on my it. phone we have 10 new messages. All right. So that'll be fun. Let's start off with... Let's see here. Oh, man. We have, like, a consistent thing now, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to see because, like, normally, as you guys know, when we started, we go, like, four or five questions. We have a ton, so I actually have to sift through them. All right. We'll start off with Crazy Herb. Do you guys think that certain video game franchises shouldn't have had sequels or that certain franchises should die? Well, Crazy Herb, happy Friday to you as well. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I always believe... um, I don't know. I don't think there's ever been like a really... Unless it's like Ride to Hell Retribution, that's like the first one that comes to mind. But there's very <laughs> infrequently a time where a seek a, a original game is bad, and then they do a sequel, and I'm like, I don't want that because there is the chance that feedback has been accounted for, and it becomes the game that we all had originally wanted. Um, it's really hard uh, for me to think of a certain video game franchise that shouldn't have had a sequel. I'm sure after this, I'll think of something and go like, Ah, oh, right, that series went on way too long. But as of now, my my negativity joints aren't in place. I can't currently think of anything that I I disliked so much. What about you? No. No, I would agree. I joke about it consistently. 
I but say. I would never want somebody to say you can't oh, make a sequel because how do right. I know the sequel won't turn out good? Oh, I got one. It's not a sequel. Uh, it's oh. just a game that shouldn't have existed. Um, oh. Yeah. Dragon Ball Tenka- uh, Ultimate Tenkaichi on like the PS3 oh, and 360. It's oh, just cutscenes. It's just cutscenes. Like you hit the square button, but it's just cutscenes. It's it's one oh, of the weird. worst fucking games I've ever played. And I, you know how much I love Dragon Ball. It is yeah, awful, <laughs> awful. Strong recommendation yeah, I, against that one ever touching the industry. I, I think it's very hard to identify like any title that you that you like hate so much you don't want to see a, a sequel get a chance. Mm. Um, that's that's really like next level hatred. Yeah, and I can't. I, I can't think of. I don't usually feel that way. Yeah, I do know he's saying like, what's another game that has got released where you sort of look at it and go, man, that original shouldn't have got a sequel, and the sequel didn't improve it. Like it's I'm usually sure after the games... fact. It's not before the fact. I'm like, shouldn't yeah, have done that. It's Halo it's... Wars two. I was one of the few that really disliked it compared to everybody else, and I mm-hmm. never was a fan of Halo Wars 1. So okay. the, I would I would say that was one where I was like, what? I mm. But I like the idea of an RTS on... See, that's, that's the, thing, the yeah. problem. I love the idea of an RTS on consoles. Well, we, so I'm mm. like, go for it. Give it a try. I was going to say, we also have the perspective, not that others lack this, but we, we consider it maybe a little more heavily that when we make a, a video... We're talking for ourselves, but we also talk on the behalf of a lot of other folks. And we yeah, have to consider yeah. what they like, where I may sit here and go, you know, I like Halo Wars 2 a lot. I enjoyed the first one, but I, I'm not a diehard. Like, I had a friend who had 1,300 hours in, in Halo Wars 1, obsessed, might be an understatement. And, um, you know, while help. I may not be huge on <laughs> I have a friend who's got, like, 600 hours in VR chat in, like, two months, so, you know, that, that's help. Okay, yeah, that needs help, and I yeah. like VR chat, but even yeah. I'm like, whoa, bro, put yeah. it down. Oh, put God, yeah. His, his VR has that broken. It was one of the best things that happened to him. Um, but, yeah, what I was trying to originally say was, um, fuck, if only I remembered. It wasn't that important, clearly. It was just that you, we have to look at not only yeah. just at the game, but yeah. like for other people. I made my original if point. It's a I was good keep game. Talking about yeah. nothing. <laughs> no, you know, it makes sense. It's definitely a good thought. Grimblade with the the tough question. It's just the Grimblade this episode. Um, not even just Grimblade. Sorry, it's the Grimblade. Just like he used to be. If you could forget any moment in a video game, whether to re-experience it or remove a bad memory, what would it be and why? Also, no Kotor answers, and he put like a little devil smile face you know like haha bitch Good, uh, i can still cheat all right let's hear it let's hear your cheating answer for sure for sure mass effect one the ending when shep when you think shepherd's dead it's the only time in the entire my entire life where i've ever been physically affected by a game like excited i don't shed a tear i rarely ever get that emotionally invested but i thought he was dead and i actually really enjoyed mass effect i was by myself you think he's dead, ship crashes, and then all of a sudden you see some shadows in the background. You think it's the bad guy because the bad guy's been strong through the entire thing, and he comes out, and it was an America fuck yeah moment where I was like, yeah! And I, I stood up by myself. No one was in the house, and I gave a fist bump, which is single-handedly the most reaction I've ever, ever had in a video game. Like, all my wow. friends, they'll be playing tearful games. People be dying, and I'm the guy. That's why the joke in my Discord is the unimpressed Carrick. It's like people be dying, people be lit on fire, and I'll be all. 
And all my friends always laugh at me. They're like, dude, seriously? Like, that feel person's something. the main character. <laughs> yeah, feel something, bitch. And I'm like, no, I feel something. I just, nothing comes out. Like, I get it. Yeah, okay, they're dead. Um, so that one, I, I would, without a shadow of a doubt, the, there, There's it. very few games that do evoke that, like, physical. Yeah, uh, yeah. I talk where, to myself without more thinking than about. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. When like, I game, like, oh, wow. This is awesome. You'll yeah. say, like, this is awesome or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or usually, like, wow or whoa or what the fuck. You know, like that type of shit. Like, I'll, I'll, I've i definitely said that. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the physical, like, stand up out of my chair, I, I, I'd i say, oh, man, I wouldn't pick this as my moment I want to re-experience. Maybe I would, though. It's the last time I remember I fucking popped out of my chair. Outside of maybe, I think Nier Automata made me do it, but I fondly remember The Last of Us at the end of Act 1 when, uh, I'm going to spoil it because, ladies and gentlemen, this game's been out for fucking ever, yeah, so it's if been you haven't played forever. The Last of Us, go play it, do yourself that favor, it's really cheap, okay, spoiler, three, two, one. when the kid shoots himself and then, like, the chapter just ends, oh, Jesus Christ, man, like, that caught me so fucking off guard, and, like, yeah, I sprung out of my chair, like, holding my head, like, what just happened and like the next chapter picks up you're like you want me to keep going that like yeah. that that hit that's me so cool, hard though. that's yeah. cool though that fucking blew my mind because it just like it you know you're, you're fighting for this like peace and salvation for just like a momentary a moment of respite and then you finally get there and it just falls the fuck fucks. apart that fucks with you yeah it that's fucking cool. it caught me off guard i i remember wholeheartedly not expecting that um it totally had me captured i might pick that because that was like i said you know it's as carrick mentioned very rarely do i spring out of my seat for a game and go yeah whoa it did on on me though when you said you go like wow i definitely i have a tendency to say out loud this is way i say it out loud and i've caught myself and the only reason i caught myself is shadow play records my mic and I won't know I'm talking. So there was one time recently, in fact, I was playing a game, and I said, I said out loud, wow, this is way more fun than I expected it to be. But nobody was here. I was completely alone. Mm -hmm. And I heard it because I looked at my audio, and I saw a bump when I was editing. And I was like, what's that bump? I must have hit the mic. And then it's me. It was so weird to hit play. And I thought it was going to be like me tapping the mic. And instead, it's me talking to myself where I don't remember doing it. So I certainly, at least at times, do what you do and yeah. say, like, oh, wow, this is this is yeah. a cool moment. I also think of, like, first time you exit the vault in Fallout 3. I think of the fucking moment I had, like, three years ago no. with, with Persona 4, where this is one of my favorite games of all time. I beat it. I Persona got the, 4? Yeah, I got the bad ending for Persona 4. I was like, that's one of the best games I ever played. I walked away, didn't touch this game for a while, and then I came back to replay it for fun and i found out i picked the wrong ending and there was a whole nother 20 hours i had yet to experience oh. and it was like this awakening of there's so much more to the thing i love and it was like a whole new experience uh that was really really fucking awesome uh you know due to my stupidity i guess or lack of awareness uh, was you know. fallout 3 right when you walked out because i was shaking my head laughing because I told you I've tried. I tried it like eight times, mm -hmm. nine mm -hmm. times, and then had to travel, and then suddenly saw how much I liked it. But coming out did not. Did you notice it when you just came out on the ridge and you were already in love with it? Mm -mm. Because it you were like, a Fallout fan prior, right? Yeah, you I was not. I I walked out, did not like it. It's it's more so the story behind it. You walk out, you don't like it. I know I didn't like it originally. And it's like you hear so much good things, and you're like. 
okay, there's something here I'm missing. Yeah, right. So you, you do, like, right. what I think we've all done at least once in our life. You buy that game, like, this. there's this, like, extra edge of determination when you when you buy it and when you go to play it. Like, you're, you're zoned in a little bit more. Maybe you turn off a light or two to, you know, get you into that atmosphere. And, and for me, yeah, with Fallout 3, I had that moment where I was like, okay, time, like, I'm going to stop, you know, loud-mouthing about how I don't like this game. I'm going to sit down. I've heard enough good things. Right. And I'm just going to fucking see how I like it. You know, so I t- shut off my lights, put in the disc, lean forward, sh- try to fully immerse myself. And, like, you know, because I'm going in with, I'd say, like, a more open mind. That's when I leave the vault and I'm like, wait, this is, like, I can just go anywhere. And, like, it was just that feeling of the music synchronizing with that site um leveling that is so up. weird you did it prior to me because i had to have somebody literally force me to retry it and get past what you just said to get off the cliff or the edge of the map mm-hmm. and go left is what he said he's like no 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 don't just stop that's not the cool part go left and i went left and i walked for i don't know but then i started seeing things pop up and then magically it went from, this is a piece of shit brown simulator, which is what I thought Fallout 3 was. I fucking hated it. <laughs> and then uh, six months after it was released, did that the eighth or ninth time. And luckily mm-hmm. I had a friend who told me to do it. So I don't know where it would be cool. I wish we could have tracked how far you walked before you were like, whoa, and how far I had to walk where I had the exact same moment. Because it just took me a little bit farther, it sounds like. Like, I don't know what happened. It just took me like 100 extra yards before I, I had the same moment you had. It wasn't instantaneous. Like, I was taken aback by that ledge. Uh, yeah, and the, the fucking scene and everything yeah, you see. I was yeah, taken was a little cool. back by that. And then you, you go into Megaton. You get in your bearings. You play the first couple of missions. You're like, okay. I, I don't hate it. I go to bed. I wake up the next day. Go to school. Come back home. Sit down. Create the same environment. Lights off. Leaned in. And it's that moment to moment that's what got me where i'm like experiencing all these different stories adventures content characters cool things random encounters in that like four hour span i played where i was like there's a lot here there's a lot here and i like all of it and i'm glad i gave it another shot like there was that feeling too and also the fact that that starting place sucks dick oh you don't like vault you don't like the vault no Dude, that Fallout 3, I, it's the first mod I always get, man. Skip the vault. Skip the vault. I can understand Skip Tarsus in KOTOR. In KOTOR, if I have to play Tarsus one more time, mm. I'll, I'll, my soul will die. And so whenever <laughs> I play that game, that's the first mod I get, is Skip I Tarsus. I don't know what it is about them. I, I would love to go back and look at what happens in there. Because you just have the birthday, but it's so slow, man. It is. It's a good hour before you really get out. Yeah, there's something about it that just that that killed me. Also, I feel Limnison was things. misused. There's time things like during your party, you have to mingle. Yeah, until the dad you have goes to. The intercom, so yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. Fat Ragnar, I have been getting into a lot of mech anime and wanted to know if there are any good recommendations for mech games. Keep up the great work, both of you. <laughs> Fat Ragnar, it's an awesome name. Uh, <laughs> mech games. I, I I've seen. Oh, games group. or or anime games. Maddie games oh i know a bunch are we talking about well well you know are we talking about he just says are there any good recommendations for mech games i'm gonna say transformers devastation (laughs) 
Oh, that, fucking A, right? Yeah, would that count? Right. <laughs> that's a great, that's a, but for those who don't know, Platinum Games made it like in, what was it, the 80s is when that cartoon came out? Yeah, God. It was an 80s yeah. so good. Transformers yeah. cartoon, and uh, they made a whole game based off of it, and it was just six-hour game, but it's awesome, man. Really fun. Game is so good. Um, so there's uh, Vox Mechina, which is VR, which is Battletech. Then there's so there's giant robots. There's fast robots. Transformers is fast, and then there's Battletech, which is slower. Okay. Then there's Battletech, which is RTS style. There's mm-hmm. three Battletech games. Mm-hmm. So I would say those that covers Battle. Uh, then first person Hawken got canceled or is done. Titanfall has oh, Titan. Yeah, Titanfall 2 has enough good mech stuff in it. I would say it's worth picking up somewhere. Borderlands 3 going to have a mech-based character. Borderlands 3 looks awesome. It's got yeah. the mech-based stuff. Can yeah, confirm. Sure. Very fun. <laughs> um, Rage 2 has a very fun stuff for the mech. So mm-hmm. I, 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 other than Vox Mechina and Battletech, just mechs is sort of rare. It, 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 they yeah. are sort of now it's that I think about like it. It's usually like an accomplice mm-hmm. or a part yeah. of a much bigger picture. Um, yeah. There is Damon X Machina. I made a whole video on it today. Damon X Machina. Uh, Switch exclusive game. Switch you are exclusive. seated in a mech the whole time fighting other mechs. It is very anime based. Uh, looked a little clunky and played like shit when I played the demo, but it has improved based off uh, by a lot, by the way based off a demo improvements trailer that they made. Uh, really cool. Something that I highlighted in my video, celebrating the idea of a dev making a trailer, showcasing the before and afters of their game and how much it's actually been carried forward. So uh, if you're looking for anime mechs, that's another good one. So there's a... Yeah, uh, none of mine were anime. Yeah, but I mean, he I didn't say, say anime mechs, but since he, he mentioned that he was watching animes with, with, anime with mechs... Yeah, like, that's okay, what I'm thinking, too. That's why I was a little questionable on if yeah. I should give my example, but I do have to say Vox Mechina has one of the coolest things I've ever seen, which is a big warrior one where they're mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. But when your legs get blown off, you can actually push a button to do a last-ditch like jet, and you can self-destruct by flying into enemies with torso jets. It is the dumbest. So, like, you'll be firing somebody will blow one leg off, and you're hopping. They'll blow the other leg off, and it's all VR. So you grab a telephone, and you're like, emergency, emergency, I'm ejected. And then you you hit the eject button, and the fucking robot clips forward and then flies forward, and, like, its last-ditch effort is to just fly straight at the enemy and smash into him. It's so that. dumb, but it is one of the coolest moments in games. Yeah. Uh, we already kind of talked about Blade's question. He asked if the Epic Game Store deserves all the hate it gets, or is it just blind hate? Uh, Johnsonville, do you think Microsoft is going to expand its PC gaming services slash storefront within the next few years to match the size of platforms like Steam? I ask because Xbox Game Pass on PC has a number of PC-only games, and they seem to be expanding in this medium a lot lately. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say not as th- big as Steam, though, right? Yeah, I don't Neither think as big as Steam, that. but I, I think I think a big part of their game plan is to be yeah. anywhere they can be. I think it's inevitable within the next two years you'll probably see them get Game Pass on Switch, um, th- yeah. thanks to streaming technology. And I think within the next four years, five years, you'll see an Xbox exclusive or a big Xbox IP make its way to PlayStation. I think Microsoft's more concerned with their current vision now, unless, and I think the only thing that could change this. Uh, before I finish my thought, is if they have a bunch of their new studios hit home runs with their right, newly true. acquired exclusives. I think their current perspective is, let's put our games everywhere, and that would include, I think, PlayStation. Because Microsoft has survived... 
I wouldn't even say survived. That puts them in a much more dire position, but they've thrived rather thanks to their services. And this could be the direction they want to take their company in. I mean, I, I think it's smart even in the short term just to do this because if your exclusives pan out and that becomes a bigger selling point for your console, then all you've done is just add value to something that's already generating a lot of money. So I think, yeah, they're going to still keep doing the PC thing because it's a big component where cross-play slowly becoming a thing. So your friend can get it on PC, you can get it on Xbox, you guys can yeah. hop into a call together play. I, I think that's a, a big part of what they're pushing forward and why a lot of people are supporting them despite their lack of dominant first party exclusives what do you think besides just no yes? i would agree but i i honestly i think sony and microsoft may want to work with sony sony does not want to work with microsoft they've been very clear about it You're i don't right. think i always forget that aspect yeah i i think that we're seeing it from thinking microsoft is like like the you know the clingy girlfriend or sony, something and, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you, yeah let's say microsoft's like hey we'll give you halo because sony absolutely you and i've both dealt with their pr sony's absolutely old school and they'll blame they'll blame microsoft forever for anything microsoft has done i just think sony is the popular kid at school mm-hmm. they will do whatever they can to not let anybody popular it's like a fucking pyramid man and they're at top, and they do not want anybody coming near them. They were pushed into crossplay. They were pushed so much, developers of games were fucking turning it on on accident. <laughs> and they still were like, nah, we don't want to. I mean, look at how many developers have openly stated Sony does not want crossplay whatsoever. Like, they're dead set against it. They yeah. just do not want to work with Microsoft. And I don't yeah. see, unless Sony replaces and becomes um, more of an American company, mm-hmm. I don't think they will, because look at Sega. Man, talk to Sega of America presidents, and they'll tell you about Sega of Japan, and it's a nightmare. It used to be. It's not anymore. But they, I mean, dude, all the problems that came up with Sega were almost all based on the Japanese way of thinking, and the, like, very egotistical holding on to things, you know, and, you know, we're enemies forever, and all that well, kind of stuff. did we hear a similar thing with Nintendo versus Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Japan? We and did that whole yeah, for, program. Yeah, for, and and it's gone up and down and back and forth. And you know, you said something really intelligent, which was that it also depends on how well the companies do. If Sony isn't doing as well, you can bet some shit might change. But they probably won't. If Microsoft does better, you can bet that their call outs for other companies will probably decrease a bit. Where they'll be yeah. like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need your ass. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's a popular girl going to prom. And it, <laughs> I, it's just really weird, dude. Like, Sony is so anti. They're anti everybody. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, they'd rather uh, just fight on and survive on their own merits. Yeah, and I do believe that's a company that would love to see everybody else destroyed. Like, <laughs> everything. I mean, <laughs> I. Imagine that. Well, oh. you know what I mean, though? Like, if there's mm-hmm. no competition, I believe. So, I believe a lot of it's BS when somebody says competition is good, but I actually do believe that some of them are gamers and do know that competition helps. Mm-hmm. And whatever's going on at Sony, they don't feel that way to me. They feel like they would love to absolutely annihilate everyone and just be on top alone with Man. no one else in the same in the same area. It's a very odd company. Mm-hmm. Staying on theme with this week's holiday, 4th of July... Bearded Panda asks, what is the most American moment you've ever seen in a game? Uh, for me, it's definitely the Raw America skin in Smite. There's this, uh, <laughs> they put, they change, they change his head to a bald eagle. 
Um, they give him like a, <laughs> a, a fucking shredded body, like he's jacked. They give him like this most macho guy voice actor, kind of like this. And like when he like shoots his ult, he goes like America, and like shoots a fucking beam out of his mouth. Like it's, it, it is absolutely the most American thing I've ever fucking seen in a, in a game for sure. What about you? You still you still play that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's crazy how long that. It, it's crazy to see some I'm of the other titles we like alive. that have gone away. Yeah. Yeah, because Gigantic went away, and it How? came around the same time, did it? No, no, no Smite's been around. That's why I'm surprised so this... Smite's still around. Smite's been... Is Smite prior? Alpha okay. was a playable in, like, 2011, 2010. Like, oh, it's, no shit. It's All been right. around. Uh, it doesn't look like a high-budget game, which may be why they're able to keep it alive, but they do monthly God releases. I mean, they, they support it. I'm just, I'm surprised that, like, they're just yeah. able to keep that game afloat, especially when... um. What was the game that Hi-Rez did? Uh, Paladins that Paladins com- completely failed. Um, yeah, from what I know, could be wrong, but no, it did. I it did. Heard and it's Dick gone. On that one, it's gone now. I, th- I thought I, I thought Paladins was gone. You might be I right. could be wrong, but it. I, I certainly. I, actually, you know, I saw it on Twitch though a couple months ago. So maybe it's just there and not. I'll doing look it so up well. while you uh, share with us your my America. Your I would cheat if I could. Um, I won't, but I would say that the true answer is still the same. Um, Mass Effect moment. The, oh, yeah, right, right, right. You just yeah, the, you know, because I was just like, fuck yeah, but I would say anything from Gears 1, Gears of War 1, oh, because God, those yeah. characters are basically bandana-wearing American bike riders, and they're just like, you know, you, you have uh, uh, the Coltrane. Mm-hmm. You have Coltrane, woo! Like, all of that is so... It, it, there's something so amazing about that and so over the top. Oh, never mind. I, They're, I adore uh, Paladins is very much still alive. Still in Twitch then, yeah, because I did see it show up in Twitch. I thought for some reason it was gone too. There's another one that for sure is, by the way. Gigantic? Paragon. Paragon, Paragon. no? What, Paragon no. was the one by Epic that got shut down be- literally because of Fortnite. Maybe that's the one. Yeah, because Fortnite came along, right? No one expected Fortnite to yeah. do what it did. And it was it so did. successful, they just said. That they moved everybody to Paris. Yeah. yeah. Which is like. Imagine what that must be like, bro. Yeah. Imagine you're working on your game. The shit game no one thought would be good and certainly isn't worth the success it's seen. Yes, I said it. And that does that well. And you look over and you're just like, what? And they're all, we're closing you down. Not because you suck, but because this other thing is so much better. We want everybody working on it. And that's oh yeah, it's got to leave you a weird taste in your mouth for sure. Well, it would be like being an artist where you paint landscapes and they're all guess what? Tonka trucks are good, so you're gonna paint Chevys for the rest of your life. Yeah. And you're just like that's not. I was over here painting nature, and they're, nope, nope. You got to paint Transformers <laughs> and Chevys, and you're just like, damn. You know, because you're an artistic person, so your desire there is to sort of give that some fruit. All right. Last question will come from Mike Fury. He submitted a lot. A lot, a lot. Oh, he's the one who's got like six questions. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, he's that. smart because he, he's just throwing a bunch in there. He's like, Maddie will pick one, two, and, and that'll be it. Um, he, he has some good ones here. Um, we'll start off with this one because this can apply to you as well. What are you buying? Or are you guys rather buying slash reviewing Fire Emblem? Um, currently my channel's in the review process for Nintendo to see if I can get a code for both Fire Emblem and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 for review. 
Uh, I wasn't concerned because they I thought they were just reviewing my YouTube channel, which is relatively clean, but then they said all active online channels, so I'm like, fuck, they are going to go to my Twitch and, and see, like, within the first two minutes how much I just curse up a storm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, probably not getting a review code for Fire Emblem, because they're, they're checking if I'm family-friendly. Yep, same is happening to me. I yeah. didn't even know, I didn't even read as much as Maddie did into it. I saw blurbs said we're looking, because you and I talked, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure on the same one or two days we sent it. I don't even know if I said Fire Emblem, but I did say uh, Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then I got a bump back saying, well, thanks, we'll get back a hold of you. And then I looked lower, and it's like, and we'll be reviewing your, your channel family for, like, you know, if, if you fit or blah, blah, blah. And I looked at it, and I realized it was from them. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really, probably, won't, uh... probably won't happen. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that, I kind of just, you know, did one of those things like, I tried, you know. Yeah, I well, scoured Nintendo... the internet for that contact, you know, and I got it. Oh yeah, but yeah. Uh... God bless them because they stick to it. But they do stick to it. I don't see, I just don't yeah. see how. Uh, I I I see why a lot of people um, review their games and why a lot of people don't. I can certainly see why a lot of people I don't. Wonder because why? I... It... Yeah. Well, so did I. I thought they were just. I don't know. I thought it was just after Smash, they were just, like, harder to acquire. I was like, okay, makes sense. Yeah. Like, that was their biggest game. The whole fucking thing leaked. Like, yeah, that's probably annoying. Tighten it down. But I was like, oh, there's a program. Oh, you got to review, like, all my shit. And even right. then, who knows if it's day and date, early. I don't know. But, yeah, Well, man. you and I, we know one or two people behind the scenes that for sure review them. Mm-hmm. Not behind the scenes. But we for sure know other reviewers that review them. And once I saw that thing, I thought about those other people, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Comparatively to me, they're they're very G rated." Yeah, I mean, compared, compared to me, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame them if they saw my channel and they're like, "This guy's just like a, another loud mouth, you know, New Yorker yeah, yep. who's just me know, cursing up a storm." Me neither. Like, all right, it would be nice. But, yeah. The cool thing is, Maddie, it that's only Nintendo stuff. If it's yeah. a Nintendo game, but it's a different pub there's no issue which is yeah. also weird in a way that i'm explaining it that way because yeah. it should still be them but it's not it's just a bummer because uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 it was one i was like i'm really i was super keen on reviewing uh, especially also Fire am i Emblem, going crazy like, maddie shouldn't that be square marvel ultimate alliance 3 i, I don't thought think that's square handled square. all things avengers and all things uh because I think you were the one who told me it was Nintendo on twi- uh, on DMs. And I was like, in my brain originally, I thought well, it was I, all handled by... When I contacted them about it, I said, like, you know, uh, Marvel. I mentioned Marvel and Fire Emblem, and they weren't like, oh, we're not handling this, but we're handling this. Let's see who's publishing. No, no, and you're absolutely right. They are. It's even on their wiki. It says Nintendo, Nintendo. I was just... I, for some reason, in my brain, because Square's been handling it all, yeah, well, they are I just, it. for some reason, thought that they were publishing it. Yeah, so I reached out to them originally. They didn't respond. Maybe um, Nintendo did. Maybe Team Ninja has a contact. They'll probably just forward oh, you true. to Nintendo. But uh, yeah, that or you could just be blessed like some of my friends, Carrick included, and get, get street copies. <laughs> Dude, well, I showed you that one time. Mm-hmm. Remember the yeah. one where I explained to you the one. In fact, did you not? I thought. Did you not try to use it one time? Try to use my scheme. Of you getting, do you remember? In, do you remember this discussion? Because it was a law. It was a year ago, was where like you, I explained to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I've tried looking for that, but like it just. It's I difficult seen, to. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it available. Yeah, yeah. I I, I get yeah. what you mean. 
as everybody's like, what the fuck secret yeah. are they talking about? Sorry about that, guys. We'll move on. <laughs> um, last one, still from Mike Fury. What is the e- game? What is the game easiest to recommend that you have that in your mind everyone would love if they gave it a chance? I like to highlight he actually edited his message and there was still a typo in there. What a ginormous L. Uh, right now he's just leaving patron he's like yeah he's like he's like yeah you want money fuck you yeah here's Uh, an l baby (laughs) for real (laughs) oh man easiest game to recommend that i think anyone would love if they gave a chance uh near automata yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's a game that you know you look at you see like 2b in her dress and you're like oh anime but you know okay you know sex but like underneath that one character concept is like one of the best video game stories one of the most interesting game worlds uh just fucking amazing combat the best soundtrack since that game launched still nothing has topped it um i even that even includes persona 5 yes i think nears is way better um it's just a marvelous game from top to bottom and i mean i should i should say not enough people given it a chance because it, it sold four million copies which is amazing jesus that's a lot of copies for right that game. for that type of game i just hope more people give it a chance and don't think like we're just blowing smoke up its ass because it's like a cool little surprise title like no it's like legit top tier shit like it's a really 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 good game yeah even, very much so even when i went back to it this year it's still spectacular and I could tell how much I believe what I say about it because when I do go back to some games, you think you love it, then you play it again, you're like, eh. You know, like, I even had that a little right. bit with DMC5, which is why I think Rage 2 is still my game of the year because I was going back and playing it, and when I was playing the first time through, loved everything, over-the-top action, so much fun, but then, like, a couple of levels with V, I'm like, this is a little slower. Like, I'm looking for a little more action here. You start to note some pacing stuff that may feel a little off, but... When it came to near, I was I was hooked right away again. I was like, "Give me more, give my body more." Especially playing on the harder difficulty, there's just that extra element of toughness. You know, getting hit once and like all your health's gone. Really, really fun and entertaining game, and it's got everything you're looking for. So that's one I'd say instantly give a give a chance to. Man, I don't know. I'm an without any context, dude. I don't know if I have an answer because. I don't know of any you game don't think that I could. Free? <clears throat> no, because I know some people. In fact, they've made sure to alert me that some people aren't, you know, into that into that kind of game. So I, my brain keeps thinking genres, if that makes sense. Like because I'm thinking, oh, right. I just I would say, like Near is a great example, and then I'm like, well, some people don't like those platformers, so I don't know of a yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, I know at the end of the day. There will be people who still don't like Nier no matter what, but I still think most folks will like this game or like stuff about it if given the chance. They may not like it as much as I do. I think very few people will. Um, I think I mean, I don't know. Anytime, and this is a small percentage, but anytime anyone's ever tweeted me about Nier, whether they've played it, they took my suggestion, it's never been something negative. Never. Yeah. And so I think that's a sign that, like, if that game is given a chance by people, they they would enjoy it. Superb. Yeah, I don't... I can't even think... I mean... I don't even know of a game... 
oxen free I like and I know it's good and other people can dislike but they're fucking wrong. But no, I know I know that I I get it. Um near is near is per- one of the cool things about near is I think a lot of people who don't even like those kind of games if they gave it a chance would be like, "Whoa." This yeah, is, it would open their know, eyes to a whole new thing. Yeah, like, they probably but like platinum I, games. I did have somebody who really did not like uh the locations cuz they were sparse, they were very uh I get empty I they get were very that. drab and if you don't understand the dichotomy there i get it like that to me was all dude that's a legit that's a that could have been handled better that's a legit complaint like i i get i totally get that um mm-hmm. i mean dude no i don't i honestly don't i don't have anything that i would even probably they would have to identify the genre and even then I just don't know if I even think that way. Because there's games I know I love that are not good, too. Hmm. So I might say that. You know, like, if I said a game, I'd be all, that's actually not a good game. I just fucking love that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have. I, a, I don't think I have an answer. I, do, I just don't even... Yeah. All good. I splurged Okay, about, uh, I know one. Here. Okay, No. No? What, no? what? You're playing with us, man. Because it's embarrassing. Okay, what's the question? It's a game that we would... That we easily recommend that people would enjoy if they gave it a chance. Nah, I'm not gonna say the game. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't have a suggestion. Uh, You don't think Garfield Kart Racer would be up people's alley? No, but you know what I was gonna say. My answer was literally gonna be Skylanders, (laughs) and I was gonna have a long (laughs) reason why. That's a great answer. I've never given that a shot. And it's it's basically Gauntlet and an RPG Diablo, but with those cartoon characters that are all upgradable, and the toys actually do something instead of like being like a lot of games. Can you still play that? Let's say I had the toys in the game, you could still sign on and play. Then what's shut down? Most are backwards. No, no, no. They're all and they're all um, peer to peer, so they don't even require a server. So you can go. Oh, so you you can can still play it. So what's and then there's local multiplayer. there's PVE content that is co-op. It's all co-op. The entire game is co-op. Mm. And then one or two of them have uh, online races, superchargers, is cars. As well as, the. it's got the full game, but then it also has uh, p- uh, pieces that are cars and boats and airplanes. Because it has those kind of races in it gotcha. as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look I up mean, gameplay. See, that's something I've never looked into. And they're cheap. It's so funny because now, even with toys, they're like 17 bucks for the full game and four or five pieces. Wow. And it boxed like brand new. Um, but yeah, everybody I know likes it, so I almost said it, but then I was like, people are just going to be like, what the I've fuck? I've never played it, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I could uh, Dude, if you had told me pri- the day prior, I'd be all, fuck you, Maddie. <laughs> fuck you. If you were like, dude, Skylander's going to be one of your best games of all time, I'd be like, you are crazy. But then once I put my hands on it, I was like, oh, I get it. Isn't modern gaming such a bitch? Games like Marvel Hero Omega and Skylanders getting closed down. I mean, at least Skylanders you can go back to, it sounds like. Yeah, Infinity, you can't. Disney Infinity was beyond ridiculous. Its toy box mode was... It was was basically all of these creator games we're seeing. Mario Creator and Mm -hmm. uh, Dreams on the... In a Disney game. Like, it was... And that got shut down too, right? And it got shut down. Yeah, you can play the Steam versions for free, which is cool. Or... Maybe it's like nine bucks, but it gives you every toy and every level. There's not even a physical component. You can play it all on Steam. So you go to Steam, you buy like Disney Infinity One. Wow. And for whatever price, it's literally every single thing in the game just unlocked. Wow. Which is very cool. Because uh, you're cool. talking like a thousand dollars if you were to Jesus Christ. back then. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say that's that's a good example of an odd game that a lot of people like that I wasn't expecting. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up episode 209 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Carrick, as always, it's been a fantastic time chatting yep. with you. Hosting Great this Fridays, baby. Show. Yeah, best Fridays. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've stayed this long, thank you. We appreciate you. Do consider joining either of our Patreons. If you do join mine, you can naturally be involved in the patron questions that we just spent a lot of time with. And last week, we had our longest patron question segment of all time. So really cool stuff going on. Big announcements to come. Um, within the next month or so, I would imagine, but paperwork's fun, so we'll see. And until then, I will catch you guys next time. Carrick, any final words? No. No. All right. Then we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.